evening happy monday um i hope your weekends went well other than the football of course which uh well we'd rather talk about pretty much anything else uh at the moment but uh hey that's what we're all here for uh welcome to fools rush in as we uh look to continue building on the excellent content you've all been able to listen to uh from osc this evening and uh, the excellent episode of Low Strangers that is uh, just come out as well with Dan. Well worth a listen if you haven't heard it. Uh, we have a wonderful guest of, uh, we've got a wonderful panel and some guests join us again from Swindon Town Women as well. But before we say hello to all of those, uh, let's roll the titles. Take I appreciate if anyone's seen our uh, our post that went out sort of five, ten minutes ago, a lot of people would have been excited to see Wazza, but he's got serious Wi-Fi issues at the minute. He's working on it and will join us as quick as he can. But fear not, we have plenty of uh, your favourite fools here nonetheless. Starting with Freshman's Trip from London. Evening, Craig. Yeah, evening, Fifey. Yeah, I had a great weekend with uh, Mrs A and... Um, yeah, it was, yeah, it's brilliant. Um, the well, the reason I've changed my name to Dumitrescu, it's a bit of a funny story. Um, Mrs. A had gone for a, for a little nap after walking all day around London, and um, I was in the pub on my own watching the football, naturally. As you do, yeah. As you do. And this Romanian guy came up to me, and um, 
he was he was really annoyed because they'd only just beaten Andorra 2-1 recently and he was saying how rubbish they were and he was really um, bigging up England. You know, he said it's the best England team he's seen and all this. And he said, you probably don't know like the Romanian players of Hadji and people like that. I was like, oh no, I know Hadji. And then I listed off players from the early 90s when they had quite a decent team like Dumitrescu, Petrescu, Popescu and, and people like that. Anyone who, enters, anyone who ends in Scu, basically. <laughs> and... Um, he was so happy, but he was so happy in an aggressive way. So he was telling me that, that you know, that England are so strong. And when he was telling me this, he was kicking me in the shins and punching me in the arm and, and all in, 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 a, in a way that I think was probably playful for him, but not so much for me. And I was like, oh, that's hurting, that is, you know, but... Um, but yeah, and, and he even gave me a kiss on the on, on both cheeks. Um, when oh, I, how very when continent. Like, so I I don't know if that's a Romanian greeting, but I, you know I, I was quite pleased to do my bit for um, continental relations. So so yeah, but yeah, brilliant, absolutely brilliant weekend, and even even the the football didn't ruin it. So so yeah, that that was good. After a trip that only consisted, for, from our purposes, of seeing a, a short video of you dipping a burger in some sauce, how has this story cropped out of absolutely nowhere? Well, I've got to save them, Fifey. As you know, I, I'm, I'm an incredibly dull person in real life, so I have to, you know, oh, save well. these stories in, you know, as, as, whenever I can get them out. So yeah, but yeah, yeah, it was yeah that 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 was particularly good as well. The uh, the, the the nanny Bill's burger, absolutely lush. Excellent. Well, I'm glad you had a great time, mate. Uh, to make up for your dull, your dullness and my even more dullness, we've got someone who's never dull. Evening, Nick. He's on mute. He's not realised he's on mute, though. That's how excitable he is. Well, you got me there. Yeah. There you Hello, we will start again. Let's be professional, shall we? How are you, buddy? You all right? Yeah. We were talking earlier in... Um, Craig obviously had a really good weekend and, and was telling us about how he was winding up some Plymouth fans by asking them what the score was after the game when they come into the pub, knowing full well that they'd been beaten 4-0. Yeah, because we all enjoy when opposition fans take the piss out of us when we oh, yeah, it's great. Wembley, don't um, Some time ago, I, I went up to watch Chelsea Man United with my lad. And my mm -hmm. wife and daughter, they went off around London, around the aquarium. And we, we met up at the railway station afterwards. And uh, as we were there, somebody walked past and let a woman with a red and white scarf on. In my life, being naive as she is and not really know much about football, asked her what the score was. <laughs> and she probably turned around and said to her, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> it's always a nightmare at train stations. Brilliant. <laughs> Unbelievable. So, no pressure on our next Fools panellist, but uh, everyone else is coming on with stories from the weekend. So, what have you got to share with us, Woody? You don't want to know my stories of the weekend. But the, <laughs> um, um, not that I didn't reveal on Friday night anyway, but the, um, <laughs> yeah. But it, was, it wasn't a great weekend, but hearing those stories has, has made me chuckle. So, uh, yeah, happy. Uh, I feel like I need to go to London with Craig because it's definitely more exciting than the last time I went to London. <laughs> so, especially when he's sending us pictures of him going into a wine library and, and saying the reason he likes it is because he likes wine and books. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm, starting, I'm starting to feel sorry for Mrs. A at that point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See you, uh, me. Oh, well, I'm glad you could join us nonetheless, even if you don't have the uh, the stories that Craig and Nick have brought with them. Um <laughs> 
Gents, it's fair to say at times we've been accused of many things on this podcast and a lack of leadership is definitely one of them because I can never keep you lot under wraps. That is certainly not the case when we introduce our guests from Swindon Town Women. Uh, and I think it's only fair to start with, um, with someone who self-proclaimed to be everyone's favourite last time she was on. Evening, Alice. It's me. It's the favourite. See, look, it's you're the favourite. I'm your favourite. I'm your favourite. <laughs> How are you? Okay. I'm good. You guys okay? Yeah, not bad. Thank you. Uh, we we passed on your apologies for for double booking on Friday. How was bingo? Do you know what? I had a great time. Thank you good. for allowing me the night off. I had a good. great well, time. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm, I'm a harsh taskmaster, but I am fair as well. I bet absence make the heart grow stronger. Do you know what I mean? It certainly does. We we certainly missed you, that's for sure. But I brought a friend today as well. You did. Friend night. You did. And we're delighted to welcome for her Fool's debut, Rianne. Welcome and thank you for joining us. That's all right. Thanks for having me. No, honestly, it's our pleasure entirely uh absolutely delighted that that you could both spare time on your monday evenings to to come and talk to us after what was um admittedly didn't exactly go the way everyone would have hoped but nonetheless uh a, an afternoon that that certainly had just as many positives as on the face of it negatives after the game at the county ground yesterday um yeah. it, if we can start with that, and then I'd like to, to talk to you both uh, about, well, I, I would say off air, we've got a, a little quiz lined up for Alice, and, and we'd like to uh, ask you a few questions as well, um, Rianne. But uh, if we could yeah. start with the game yesterday, um, and Alice, I'll start with you. The, the, um, the attendance, just over 500 there yesterday, um, which I thought um, was quite a, quite a good number. I thought it was incredible. I don't think a lot of the fans had a lot of notice. So I think to have like a week's notice to be able to bring 500 people to the ground was incredible. And just the atmosphere, there were so many young girls there. So hopefully inspiring the next generation. And I know when we had like attacks on goal, you could really hear the crowd and you could tell by the way the girls were running. And as soon as the crowd started, um, like screaming and stuff like that you could just see everyone just trying to put in that extra one percent in just to try and get a goal uh, and actually that that very first point you said there it was interesting um unfortunately for me i, I wasn't able to go um up being up in leicester and with a few things i've got on at the minute but it was fascinating for me seeing all the all the pictures and stuff that were shared before and after um the amount of selfies being taken with different players and, and plenty of content being shared by fans and obviously people within the club and autographs being asked for. Um, and we, we've spoken about that sort of stuff before, haven't we, Alice? But it must be a, a great feeling. It is. It's crazy to be like for people asking your autograph and stuff like that. And yesterday, one of the girl, a young girl asked me for my autograph and a picture. And I don't think she recognised me, but I used to look after her when she was about four or five. And she was really oh. shy and she'd never talk. And she came up to me, she said, oh, can I have your picture? And I was just, I rang one of my friends after and I just said, you never guess who I've just saw. And they were like, oh, the girl that didn't really speak that much. And I said, she had so much confidence she wanted a picture. And I think for her to not even remember me, but to have seen me yesterday and want a picture of me, I just thought it was a really lovely thing. No, 100%. And, um, and Rianne, for you, um, I believe it's your first, first, first team game back. Um, how was it for you as an experience? 
it was it was incredible to be honest just just to return to the first team anyway um is massive for me i always said because i'm returning after my second child i thought no way i'm gonna get back playing after my second if i have my second that'll be it but i have the likes of alice saying no you can do it she's she's backed me the whole way and if i wanted to do it she'd she'd help me get there and we've worked hard off the pitch um and then when james asked me to be in the squad i felt made up anyway um but to come back and make a return starting in front of 520 fans was just unbelievable and i've obviously been off the scene for a while and for girls to still want my autograph some knew who i was it, it was it was amazing well um talk us through the game first and then, and then we'll talk about your your own individual sort of elements of it um the result as it is, doesn't necessarily reflect the way the game went, did it, Alice? No, and that's the most frustrating thing. It's it's not the first time it's happened this season. You look at the school line and you it flatters them. And it you if you're not a fan and you haven't seen us play before, you sort of look at it and you think, oh, do they know how to play? Do you know what I mean? Do they know how to play football? Did they get like absolutely smashed the whole game? But it wasn't like that. They took their chances. First goal was a fluke really yeah. and the, the other goals they didn't really pass it through us they didn't do anything spectacular they were just a little bit more clinical in front of goal or they managed to take that extra chance whereas we had a fair few we had a fair few chances we just just wasn't our day to score a goal whereas they just seemed to be able to hit the net emily pulled out saves she was in the right positions it just wasn't our day and for it not to go to plan at a stage like that and have those many fans, it just, it's upsetting for me. I'm still trying to process it and work through it now because it's not like we, we weren't trying. It's not like we weren't on our game. There's maybe a few elements that we could have changed, but I don't think we weren't off it. And that was, that's just the most frustrating thing for me. Well, I think the, the overall sort of compliment in that sense is if you look at the two Swindon Town games this weekend, You've had the result you've had and come away and it's been largely positive from what I've read um, on social media and stuff. The, the men's team lose 2-1 and it's been an absolute <laughs> barrage of abuse. An absolute barrage of abuse they've had for losing 2-1. Um, so I think that says a lot about for those who were there to witness it, that's how people who weren't there will understand and, and the amount of times you see that wasn't a like a 5-1 game it, it's and and we and sometimes it's just teams have that element of luck as as Alice said with the first goal and, and sometimes you come up against someone who are just on their day ruthlessly efficient with with their attempts at goal yeah, yeah it, is that, it is that yeah because I I find it harder to take when we lose like we did yesterday if we've been outplayed and outclassed i put my hands up that mm -hmm. as a player i accept that but to to come away with that result yesterday was just so frustrating because i thought it was naivety from my side i thought oh it didn't feel like a 5-1 game but you know sometimes you don't see it from everyone's point of view and it didn't feel like that on the pitch and i thought oh like my sister was there she she would just tell me honestly but every single person I spoke to after said, honestly, it wasn't a 5-1 game. And I thought, oh, maybe it wasn't just me feeling like that. Everyone else around it could see the tempo of the game and the chances that we did have. So it wasn't just me like being, oh, no, it, it wasn't that bad. People around us seen it wasn't that bad. But 
to those at home, like Alice said, it's hard to kind of explain the situation or the way the game panned out. To be fair, the first goal was fluky. Um, it yeah. was my player as well, and I definitely should have been tighter. She went to cross it and it looped over Emily. But to for that, I think that kind of got the game going for Southampton. Then they just kind of went off on that front foot and didn't even dominate possession, I would even say. They didn't. Uh, and they've got experienced players like Shannon Aubrey, who plays for them. She's played higher. She they didn't the strikers no. didn't really do much. No. Me and Jen sort of had them covered, so they didn't create things. They weren't passing it through us. It's just one of those, like we said, like one of those just annoying games where it just wasn't our day. And I hate that saying it wasn't our day or anything yeah. like that, but we didn't deserve the score line to be like that. And that's just the most frustrating thing. Obviously, it's Tuesday tomorrow, so as soon as we go to training, like, you know, different mindset, but just Monday's like my wallow day. <laughs> so just been wallowing in it today. Well, at least you're not like the men's team that we're outplayed and outfought every game. So at least you put some bloody effort in <laughs> and actually play for ninety minutes. I would like to know how much I ran yesterday because I just felt like I didn't stop. At one no, point, to I be thought... fair, Alice had the game of. I said to Al after the game, that is the best game I've seen her play ever, and I've I've seen her play as a teammate for the last four five years, and I've played against her for years before that as well. Honestly, it was unbelievable because I played at left back yesterday. So every time yeah. I turned around, she was covering my ass. She was there every time. I was she there was for top. you. You were. <laughs> I was always I... on the floor sliding, but I was there. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it, interesting sort of side question based on that, because I, I do find it interesting, as I've said before, to kind of get into the the psychology of it as well. When you hear comments like that, Alice, are you the sort of person who who's like, yeah, thank you, I, I really take that on board? Or are you more the sort of, I'm not really, I don't really like, or not, not so much like, but not really paying attention when people are saying nice things about you? I think it's, I think it's difficult because I try to strive not to be the best person on the pitch, but to be like showing the right sort of leadership to just be showing like continuity to keep going no matter what even if you're even if I was having a, the worst game of my life to continue mm -hmm. to keep going and not letting it get in my head but when people say oh you've had a really good game I think sometimes as a as a leader sometimes you're not always told that you've had a good game or because it's not sort of expected but do you know what I mean? You're too busy focusing on everyone else to say like, yeah. oh, you like your game is really good. Like, like obviously immensely proud of Reed to be able to come on yesterday and start in a different position from having a baby like four months ago is like ridiculously insane. Having Emerson start, things like yeah. that for me, I'm not thinking about myself. I'm thinking about, right, is everyone else okay? How are they getting on? So for someone to like say to me, like you had a good game, it means a lot. But then also I think, God, how am I going to top that next week? <laughs> <laughs> and um, so, at, Rihanna, full-time, what, what was it like? Was everyone just a bit deflated? Or or could you could you instantly sort of take the positives from it and, and sort of G each other back up again? Yeah, it wasn't too flat. There's some games that, honestly, you'd think we've just attended a funeral. Um, but yesterday wasn't that bad. We we were annoyed, not just at the the way that the game kind of panned out and how we felt we could have, you know, taken something from it. And it just didn't fall that way. But I don't think it was too negative. Would you say Al? 
No, I think having like the crowd and the fans wanting to speak to us and stuff like that after like made a very positive difference because normally you go into the change room straight away and it's like you're at the height of how you feel you yeah. haven't you haven't like had time to like decompartmentalize but to speak to people to be able to see your family like see all the kids running around on the pitch having a nice time and then being able to go back in I think everyone had their headspace I felt like yeah. I was in the funeral I was just like you know like that bloke in like in that lady in Encanto you know when she's sad and she's got that cloud over her <laughs> <laughs> that was that, I felt like Dolores I was like I felt like that's a great analogy that is that's, that's... <laughs> what I'm, what you're I'm the, proud you're of you're like a husband Rhea. you're trying to tell me to be like to stop it and I'm trying to get out of it what, what I'm proud of is not the fact that you've been able to use that analogy, but the fact that all four of us have reacted knowing exactly what you're talking about. It's quality. It is. That's how um, I would describe it. But, you know, I think everyone was disappointed, but I think everyone could see the positives, like things we've been working on the training ground, like players that haven't started for a while yeah. or are just coming back into the team, being able to link up with each other with ease, showing that training's going right believing in each other's right it just didn't happen and like obviously when you're playing at the county ground you want to be able to give fans like a good game to watch you want to be able to show them like what we're about and hopefully we could show them enough of what we're about and what we've got in our locker and just hope that they don't take all those goals as negatives because there's a lot of positive things that we did yesterday as well no 100 percent. and and on that note i think that's correct me if I'm wrong, that's free games at the county ground this year um yeah. in total how how do you think overall fr from your experience of, of playing in the games and sort of seeing the fans saying so how do you think those those free games ultimately ha have gone in the wider sort of connecting you guys or you guys with the supporters i think it's connected us a lot like there was like yesterday i met like a little girl that i met at the plymouth game and so I was like, oh, I remember you from last time. And she was like, yeah, I couldn't wait to come today. And there was other girls, like their parents, and then were like talking to me by my first name. And I was just thinking to myself, how do people know my name? I felt like a right celebrity. And, uh, <laughs> it's because you're everyone's like, favourite. That's true. They probably heard me on here and thought, she's my favourite. <laughs> like, just then, like, I hate to break it to your bouts, but that's definitely not the reason why. <laughs> <laughs> we're taking no credit for any fame you've got. Yeah. My charm. That's the thing. I can't even come on and say she's not a favourite because she's my favourite. So I can't even go against <laughs> the odds. <laughs> Everyone's favourite. <laughs> but I just think them knowing you, trying to talk to you, wanting to like wanting to speak to us about their own game, their own playing situation, how they saw the game. I asked some of the fans like, "How did you think that went?" What did you like about today? And then just their eyes lighting up because you're engaging with them, you're asking them questions. And I think ultimately that's why they keep coming back. The engagement that they get after the game, um, like the girls that were able to be um, mascots yesterday, they were able to help out at the side of the pitch and stuff like that. They loved all of that. And hopefully next year in the five games that we've got at the county ground, that we'll be able to entice more players and young girls to come and do that. Yeah, I couldn't believe how many girls were around the side of the pitch. Girls, young boys, families waiting for us to come over. I, I 
you know when you see 520 in the crowd it felt like there was 500 at the side of the pitch at the end of the game it, it really did and everyone was like re alice can you come over can i have a photo and it felt unbelievable my my five-year-old son was in the crowd he probably thought how do all these people know my mum <laughs> <laughs> well i was gonna ask that next actually we, we've we've asked you about sort of your emotions in it but i, I know the, the majority of you actually but but especially you two you, you had your families there as well so that must make it even more special yeah yeah it was it was so special and seeing them like me and al a best friends and seeing our little ones grow up together like ace my little one loves alba and they spent the afternoon sat next to each other watching the game with their little sign and after the game he's he's coming running over he, he said to me this morning i can't believe they said your name out loud at the stadium mum. it was like we were at old trafford he said i heard born hallett and i thought that's my mum. <laughs> and he come over after waking up this morning he went he tapped me on the leg he said well done at football yesterday mum." <laughs> it is it's just that like you're looking at the next hopefully the next people to play at the county ground like before I went in, my husband was there and he had like a little sign and my little girl was holding go mum and it just made me emotional because being from Swindon, I remember watching my dad, he played a charity match at the um at the county ground once against like the foundation, what what are the foundation boys now? And I remember sitting there in the crowd with my mum thinking, Wow, this is amazing. Like this is amazing. Like and once I got to take a penalty and then I was saying to read before the game, like Oh, the pitch always used to feel massive to me, but maybe that's when I was younger. I used to come on here and being like a Swindon girl and loving Swindon women as much as I do, I'll probably be buried on that pitch. <laughs> <laughs> My ashes sprinkled on there. She's, so no, she's waiting for a picture up in the Legends Lounge. Honestly, if why is there everyone there in the me? next I year? I am a legend. 141 first team appearances. Why am I not on there? Right, I'm, I'm not here at the end of this. So if someone can make it happen. We'll do that. I think that's the closest we're going to get to Barry and Alice on that pitch. <laughs> and it's I just... mean, again, we we can't claim any responsibility, but I'm happy to start the campaign for you. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, tomorrow at training, I might just like stick an A4 picture of myself up. <laughs> I'm sure the last time you were on, we were talking about cardboard cutouts of you as well. <laughs> It could all be arranged. <laughs> I, I reckon so, sod the Don Rogers um, statue. It's got to be a va valise <laughs> instead. Yeah, I'm waiting for the new name and the next stand. <laughs> oh. Yeah, the away stadium stand. They could call it. They when they revitalise it, they could name it after me. Well, it's okay, Alice, because something will be happening soon. We had a Twitter chat earlier today. So uh, it's just uh, waiting to see, and something will happen, and uh, it was all about Alice. I'm I'm going on record early here. So ever since this sort of semi joke came about, I'm very nervous because Nick isn't telling us anything, and I'm very nervous about what he's planning. Because <laughs> when Nick goes rogue, he goes rogue. He got a tattoo of me. That's what it was. <laughs> I would I love Nick to come on with a tattoo of me. <laughs> How he explains that one away would be class. <laughs> Absolutely sensational. Um, one of the um, the other sort of wider positives from from yesterday, um, I, I would say at least, was um, I know uh, Sir Tom Broadbent were doing coverage of the game and stuff, and and Steph Bent was able to be there as well. 
um, despite her her problems at the minute with injury, she was able to be part of it and be pitch side. So uh, I imagine it was nice to to be able to see her as well again. It was. She came first came back to training on Thursday. She's a little bit sensitive, our Steph, and I don't blame her because if that was me, I would really take it personally because Steph is having an amazing season and yeah. not just an amazing season, but she's an amazing person. She's so positive. She's a lovely person to have around the camp and she is missed because I know I've leaned on her a lot when Ree wasn't there to be able to help deliver like messages to the girls and just being like that beacon of like just her smile. She's just like radiant and all the girls take that on board, but she came to training on Thursday and we all... We like did a collection and we got a her like shirt from this season and we all signed it and framed it and got some pictures for her and some gift cards oh, nice. and a personalized card and just the messages she sent us after like you could just tell how touched she was by it and I think that was like the sort of right thing at the right time and to see her on Sunday like being able to smile and joke and be able to do that was incredible because like we all miss her and it's just lovely to have her around on a match day again. No, hundred percent, and uh, and again, as we reiterate, every time her, her name comes up in conversation, we obviously wish her the best in in her recovery and getting back to to playing as soon as she she possibly can. I I was saying the other day that that we'd exchanged a few messages, and and she was telling me how very focused she was to to, to do so at the earliest possible opportunity. Well, she was trying to run on the trying to pass the ball to the kids <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> I was having kittens. <laughs> my daughter was trying to like kick the ball through I was like stop it <laughs> um Rihanna, if, I, if I can take the conversation in a different direction what um what we've liked to do when we've had members of, of Swings and Women on for the first time is just kind of ask them about their their journey through football to where they are now if that's okay yeah um so a, a chance to kind of for, for those of us who like myself meeting you for the first time here just to find out a little bit more about you so um if we could start with kind of, of the basics um who you supported growing up and, and how you kind of got into football yeah so growing up um my dad was a oh, die-hard liverpool fan you you couldn't even say another team around him um, so that made me support Arsenal. Um, <laughs> I don't know why it was Arsenal. I think in the playground, um, one of my friends, when I was playing football with them, he said he supported um, Thierry Henry. He, he, that was his favourite footballer. And I asked what team he played for. And he said Arsenal. So I went home. Who My mum randomly is a Newcastle fan. Uh, my dad was a diehard Liverpool fan and my sister Reagan is a Liverpool fan. So I went home and said, right, that's it. I want to support Arsenal. And Makes perfect Thierry sense. Henry. Yeah, complete sense. And from then I have loved Thierry Henry and he was my favourite player growing up. Um, but yeah, I, I went down to the stadium a couple of times. He, my mum still took me. Um, and even from the playground, I think it must have been my group of friends that I just got playing around on the playground um, and my mum said, oh, take you to a football, take you to a football club. Luckily, I didn't have, I wasn't in the situation where I had to play for a, a boys team though, which quite a few okay. girls my age, I'm, I'm not necessarily that much younger than now, but um, people my age did have to play. <laughs> so, sorry, I just have to point out every time, every time this happens, everyone points out that Alice is older than them. <laughs> Every when I first time. arrived to this club, I was the youngest one. Now look at me. 
It's funny I say that at work as well. Oh, God. Yeah. So in kind of my age group, a lot of people that I speak to now did have to play for boys teams, but I, I never had to. So we found like a local team, I think. It was under 10s. Me and my um, me and my twin went along um, at Stoke Lane in Bristol where we grew up and played there for a couple of years. Um, and then when I moved to a different part of Bristol, I moved teams um, to St. Nick's and stayed there for a while until we played a cup final um, at Bristol. It was Bristol Academy back in the day, which are now Bristol City. Um, played a cup final there and that's when they approached me and asked if I'd be part of their academy and just then I played academy football and back then you couldn't play academy in grassroots so I had to uh bomb my sister off leave her at grassroots because she she always says I was the better twin but I don't know I'll let Alice decide on that one (laughs) I can't say anything (laughs) she still holds me to it now we played in a cup final together and um she always said she was known as the rubbish twin at football I scored an own goal she scored the winner with her left foot and got man of the match. So she always like holds that against me and says that she's better than me. So I bombed her off for grassroots. She had her um, man of the match trophy for that game. But then, um, yeah. She's still got that in the bathroom now, isn't she? I, I bet she has. I bet she shines it every Saturday as well. Ready for me to come <laughs> over on a weekend. <laughs> but yeah, I then just played at Bristol Academy for a few years um, until... When I was going through the ranks, so I played centre of excellence each of the age groups. Um, but then when you obviously get to an age that you can't play academy football, it was that or the first team. And Bristol Academy were, were one of the main women's teams around. It was always Bristol, Arsenal, you know, the, the, the what was it, six or eight teams that were in the big league then. So the step up as a 16-year-old girl to get in the first team back then was just unrealistic. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's when I went back out to St. Nick's. I played with them for many years. I left them to come to Swindon only four years ago. So I went back to my kind of original roots and played played through the ranks there. And and then, like I say, so you've been at Swindon now for for four years. And something we've been able to talk particularly um, a lot with Alice, because she she has done a lot of Fools appearances this year. We're, We're very fortunate she's spared us a lot of her time. Is is how she's seen things change. Um, more so obviously in the last say 12 to 18 months, but but over a, a certain time period. Um with you kind of not being not being out of the loop, but obviously with with having having children and, and kind of not being there fully, are you still able to appreciate just how much things are changing at the moment and, and have been changing? Oh yeah, definitely. Um it's night and day. I, I can't even explain the differences. It's so different. When when I joined four years ago, I came on my own. I didn't I didn't know anyone. It was out of my area. I was travelling to come. Um and I don't know I don't know why my expectations were slightly different. Not in a it wasn't a bad way. I kind of wasn't disappointed when I came, but if you look now to yeah. what it was when I joined You'd think it was, you know, we were, I'd have craved that four years ago. What what we have now, Yeah. girls still wish for that now. When they see we've got physio, analysis staff, 
you know, all all of these people, sports science, like we got gym workouts, we got GPS trackers. We didn't have that. And stuff like that honestly adds so much to our game. There's teams envious of us now. I, I, I can imagine. And um, if you don't mind me asking, because we have had, uh, we've been able to have a, a similar conversation earlier this season. Um, how have you found sort of coming back from, from having a child? And, and was it different second time round? Or did you have a, a, a more clear idea of how you were going to do it second time round? Yeah, it was definitely a lot different, I'd say. So my son is five now, so it's not too long ago, but it still feels a lifetime ago. I kind of just did everything off my own back um, because, mainly because we didn't have the knowledge. We didn't have the staff like at St. Nick's. We were still in the equivalent league. They've been in what was the National League. I think it was called the Premier League back then. Um, we were at the level, but... It, it was unheard of to have anyone else except the manager and a coach. You mm -hmm. know, you didn't have these set physios. You didn't have any of that. So I just took it. I had a C-section both times. So obviously major surgery should wait 12 weeks. And when I look back, I was in the starting 11 for St. Nick's in tier four after in September. And I had my son in June. <laughs> so it was a quick comeback, but I, I probably definitely didn't do it the right way. Um, whereas this time round, um, I don't have the choice for one, even mm -hmm. if I wanted to come back in the correct manner, I don't have the choice because yep. I've got the likes of Immy guiding me. She's not stopping mm -hmm. me that she, she just guided me. Um, and I, I feel lucky to have her guidance. I'm not very one. I'm not really one to take much guidance on board. I just, I just want to go full steam ahead. I have no patience. I am my own worst critic. What if I wasn't back playing by this time? I would be really angry. But she set my expectations when I came back. She's communicated with me throughout. We've been realistic with each other, and and actually we've exceeded all expectations we've set. We my aim was to enter pre-season at the same level as the girls. I didn't want to be catching up then, and I've just started a game at the county ground in front of 520 people. So. I'm so Gosh, grateful. <laughs> yeah. And is like Al says to me, like, you have smashed it. And sometimes I think, are you saying that because you're my friend? But she's, she would genuinely just tell me if. Oh, 100%. Because I've been there as well. So I feel like I really can grasp and appreciate like how much you've done. And I just think it's incredible to just four months later to be able to do that. Like, and even the That's difference my between my return and Alice's return, isn't it? So much different to the guys yeah. that you had. So, like, even in... So, I feel like they've learned from me to be able to help you. And I'm just... Like, the more people that it helps and the more knowledge we get, it's just going to get better each time. So... Yeah, 100%. Because I even say, like, even if I was richest person and I wanted to pay the top person to help me return to football, who could I pay? How many people have done it? Not very many. Yeah. There's no one who really who is an expert in this field returning to women's football after a baby. I can't name that many people that maybe abroad, like you know, the Americans are starting to come big on that front, but not many people in our league. So I couldn't even pay the top money, even if I wanted to. So for Immy, it's been a massive learning curve, and sometimes she's felt like 
she she wasn't sure or she felt like she wasn't giving me enough support but I sent her a message before Sunday's game just to show how thankful I was because she's not given up if she didn't know what we should be doing she went and found the answer and it's helping me and it's helping her and hopefully in the long run it'll help the club so the girls coming through don't feel like they have to give up after having a baby like I've had my second child second c-section and here I am four months down the line playing playing football it, it's certainly a, a incredible story and one, and one like you say that that not only should you take great pride in but hopefully as you say it's kind of the benchmark with which everyone else can kind of base base their futures off as well and what is possible and you've kind of already answered my next question um because it was what are your personal targets now for for the rest of this season um you like to say you, you've come back after what four months you've, you've started a game at the county ground is, is it just to to play as many minutes as possible now so that you're you're as up to speed in in pre-season like you said as as it can be yeah, it is, and my my initial art club aim was to be realistic and aim for pre-season, that way we can't be disappointed. Mm -hmm. I get a fresh, clean slate, like all the girls at the start of every season, as long as I work hard, come into pre-season and compete, that was yep. my main focus. Um, I feel like I'm going to be at a point that I can do that, because I know I'm not at my, you know, my fittest or whatever I can be now, but... I, I am. I was. I was going to put a post out actually because there's not many times I admit to being like proud of myself or accept an achievement that I've made. But after speaking with Alice and my sister and my family, like Sunday was a massive one of those. I have realised that what I did was actually really quite impressive for myself. Um, so now I've been included in the squad. I feel like it is my aim to stay with the first team. They feel like like they are my girls and I've been so lucky to be able to get minutes with the development and and I, I love just playing football for the club so I've had no issues going with the devs playing the football they've helped me keep building up um and hopefully I can get first team minutes we've got I think four games left they are tough tough games so it's whether I fit the mould for what what's needed um in the next couple of weeks and Sort of longer term, then we we heard um, if anyone was listening to the coverage yesterday, that there's talk about what the the hopes are for sort of next season and then moving forward. Uh, are you looking that far ahead already, and and kind of already saying I think I stroke we can achieve this next year or within two years? I think we can be here. Yeah, personally, I want to be back in the team and I want to be starting for this club that that is my aim um and once I've got my eyes set on something I, I want to achieve it so and with the likes of Al around me I think both of us that'll be our aims to get be part of this massive this massive club and build the game um as a team I know we want to get promoted so is it pre-season working hard building with those familiar faces if new players come in and then pushing for promotion as a club that will be our aim I know it will be tier three football and um, but personally my aim is to stay at this club and be in that starting 11. Uh, and it's certainly a, an aim that that I believe 
is is realistic for you. Uh, you can you can certainly hear the the focus and determination when you talk about it. So it's uh, it's something we look forward to watching. For, like and and like say, a few games still left this season. And if I'm right, you, uh, there was four. Three of them are still home games. So good opportunity for anyone who who hasn't had, uh, for one reason or another, a chance to see Swindon Town women this season. Uh, there's still plenty of opportunity to do so uh, before the season closes. Um, again, I, I seem to ask you every time you're on, Alice, but for you now, with so few games left, what, what's the aim just for the rest of this season, just to put those strong foundations in place for next year and, and, and go again? Definitely. I just think it's working and building on what we've been doing at training obviously the next couple of games are probably the hardest that we're going to have this season so we've got Cardiff and Exeter twice who are both first and second in the table so by all means they're going to be challenges but I think if you looked at our team now and looked at our team last year there's not many there's not many changes and last year we were sort of struggling sort of middle of the bottom of the table and now if we'd won one or two games, we'd be third now. If we'd won, won one or two more games that we should have, like Canesham, Lark or teams like that, that we should that we should realistically be beating. If we'd beaten them, we'd probably be third now. So it just shows what difference James has done since he's come in, like the guidance, the coaching, what he's managed to do with the same similar players and bringing those players out, playing in a way that we all sort of complement each other. And now we can sort of pass the ball or do things without even having to speak or communicate because we're so well drilled and we know where each other's going to be. So yeah, I just if think you look at the if you look at the players in the squad, a lot of them were here last season. They were in this club. So to see what James has done, he's so clever. Like the the thought he puts behind the background things that we probably as players didn't even take a second thinking on. He, he brings that to your friendly mind and it brings out a different kind of player in you. Um, and so I know these girls are, are capable. The next four games are tough, really, really tough games. But the way James has kind of instilled his coaching and the way we are positive towards our own ability and our team's ability, we can, we can take points from them and uh, they can finish the season on a high, definitely. Definitely. So it's just trying to work on that and just get those results because we again like last Sunday we didn't deserve that and it's trying to put put right what hasn't always happened this season is getting that win or being able to just manage the game and hopefully we're just going to be able to make these four games as, and do as proud as make everyone as proud as we can I think um you know you know I think it's 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 good in in a way because like I've I've seen you guys um, play and and uh, um, when you beat Bournemouth three two and that was a game of of two halves where you had as complete a performance as I've seen in the first half and then you obviously dug in in the second half when they when they when they came at you and so you can see how well this team can play and it's you know and I think that's a good thing to build on for next season I, I think that you 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 girls have got you know, nothing to fear next season and um, a lot to build on. And obviously, you know, being at the county ground, that's, I, I imagine that must give you like an extra 10, 20%, you, you know, when you're, when, when you're playing, it probably, you know, makes you feel a bit, bit taller and just gives you that little extra bit of a, a adrenaline to, um, to ca carry on. But, 
you know, you girls have, have, have been so, so, you know, I've seen you so many times um, this season and, um, you know, the, 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 the potential is is there. You can see that. And, and maybe your results haven't reflected, you know, how good you guys re- really are. So so hopefully you can build on that for next season. I yeah, I would just, like, I would love to just smash the next four games and just make everybody in the league be like, fuck. That, that's the thing, though. The pressure isn't on us. It is on those those leaders of the league, they need those points. And we're going to be the ones that can... We've got nothing to lose. We can go out and put everything on the table. Do they have to be cautious because they don't want to drop all of the three points? No, we can we can take it to them. And I think that's one of the big differences from this season to last season. Last season, we would have dropped those points. Our heads would have been down as soon as we started playing rubbish. Ten minutes in, that's it, we're done. Whereas now, when we go behind, if we go behind... We are my first thought is we're coming back from this every time. I'm thinking, no, we've got this, it's not done. Whereas last season, we weren't getting those draws that we needed or those wins that we needed, they were ending up as a complete three pointer loss. And the difference between now and then is we do not give up for each other. Every single person will try their best to hold on. Um, when times get tough, and that's a massive, massive difference from last season because we were just dropping. The points too easy, whereas now we're not giving up on them. So the next four games will be interesting. Certainly will be. Now I know Woody. Please correct me if I get this wrong, um, but I'm I'm pretty confident in saying the next three are at home, and it's Fairford Foundation Park and then back at Fairford again. Um, I think that's correct. Sounds Um, familiar. Yeah, we're we're. Fairford this weekend and then on the weekend after. So this weekend is the ninth, isn't it? And that will be Fairford. Yeah. The week after is Porter's Head at Foundation Park. And then we play again at um Fairford. We've got I think it's just Exeter away left that is our yeah. only yeah, last way of the season. So for anyone who's able to go to Fairford this weekend, then what uh, we, we asked uh, we asked you last time, Ice, what, what we could expect from the Southampton game. So what can we expect on Saturday, do you think? Uh, Sunday, even. Let me get the right day. Sunday. <laughs> Exeter. The last few seasons, they've done really well. When I first started playing for the club, Exeter were always the team that used to think, oh, easy. A couple of goals, we're going to win. Now they've really strengthened their squad. They've got great ties within the community and... Some of the football that I've seen on their Twitter and stuff has been lovely. They've got the results and they've got a long-serving team, which I always think is a good thing because they know how each other play. They've been in and around each other and I think it's going to be a really good, tough battle. They've got a few. They've got a lot of strong players, a lot of players that never want to give up and always want to try and create something. So it's going to be an interesting game. I haven't seen too much of them this season, but... I'm excited. I love a good, hard physical game, yeah. not only physical, but mentally as well. Mm-hmm. That's why I really did enjoy playing yesterday because the players I was up against, there is it's as much mental as it is physical because it's trying to, the runs that they're making, things like that. And it's exactly the same as it's going to be on Sunday. They're going to be strong mentally as they are physically. So it's going to be and, a good battle. Yeah, and they, and they will bring fans. They're fans. Oh, they've got that drummer bloke, top, haven't they? Oh, they got their top. They've got the top following in the league. By yeah, week in, week out, they get over two hundred fans. Oh. They love 
but that's because the work they've put in with in the community the ties with their men's they they honestly their their followers will will follow them around the country they have probably a coach will come down we've all i've already seen on twitter um a fan asking if they can bring their drum um, he brings it. Do you not remember last time? <laughs> yeah, when we were walking out last time, extra away. Oh, it was so loud, and it was packed. This 3G was packed, so I'm sure there'll be a lot of fans down at Fairford, and it will be a good, good atmosphere and a good battle on the pitch. Good. Well, we obviously wish uh, both you uh, and the rest of the team the very best of luck. We will all be talking about it again on Friday, and and hopefully. Uh, you know, you guys deserve to get just as many fans as as X to do really to to come. So let's let's hope we swing and have a, a decent crowd there as well to to really ramp up that atmosphere for you. Um, but before we do let you go, as promised, that there's been a, a a quiz produced for you, Alice. Um, I'm not gonna. I, I I can't take virtually any of the credit. Um, it's pretty much none of my own work um <laughs> but i'm sure you'll be able to work it out and and i hope you will because one of the questions is can you work out who done it and that's at the end um but we've got a little bit of a quiz some of them are, are, are factual and statistical based questions and some of them are just for a laugh um so let, let's see let's see how this goes no pressure <laughs> I hope it's not spelling. I'm not very good at spelling. No, no. <laughs> no, no spelling at all. Uh, it's mostly about you. Um, so <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping nice I'm hoping it's kind of a specialist subject for you, really. I hope um, I, I do love how myself. Many, so I how many medals do you have in your downstairs toilet? <laughs> I actually do. I better, go, I better go count them. I think I count every time I come in your house. <laughs> So we'll, we'll, ones, okay? <laughs> we'll start nice and easy for you. Um, according to the FA full-time records, how many first-team goals have you scored? Oh, have I scored goals? <laughs> <laughs> Does this count as own goals? Oh, uh, own goals. I'd say three. Three? Um, you're accredited with one. One is better than none. I, I can guarantee their Spitfires, to be fair. That their was fantastic. Their own goal tally is way higher than that. I've seen it before, <laughs> two already this season, mate. Two. Two already. Oh, I mean, that's a cracking start. More, more for the reaction as much as the confidence in the I answer. I scored one. I just had to big myself up, right? <laughs> um, okay, next question. Can you name the three Swindon teammates you've played alongside who have played for Swindon both under their maiden name and married name? Rianne. Yep. Born Hallett. Who else has got married? Who else's weddings have I been to? <laughs> My, can, do I count myself? No. No, because you I'm haven't played. played you haven't played alongside yourself. Unless you're your own mate. Kelly <laughs> <laughs> Brewer, she got married, didn't she? She was in the devs, but she played first team for a while. Um, I bet not she wasn't even on the list. Well, that's not factual, is it? <laughs> Again, I, I take. I think I might credit. know this one. I, I think I might know this one. Say it. I think Beth Westlake. Yep, she's on the list. 
<laughs> didn't Ellie Maynard as well? Uh, so, well, actually, Woody, so I, I have got a caveat here. Uh, Ellie Maynard didn't play for Swindon under her married, uh, after getting married. No, she didn't, but Beth, Beth, was, Beth, was, Beth, was, Beth was Yeah, she's best friend. No one said this Beth's quite a rich one. <laughs> <laughs> she's going to be fuming when you've said my name and... Uh... Not hers, but I think maybe me sitting in front of you on the camera is a bit Yeah, more. and I do forget, I've played with a lot of people. <laughs> is that the age thing coming up again there? Yeah. I Been think around a long time. I think maybe I got concussion yesterday. I feel like you're digging yourself a bigger hole, mate. I am. I can't think of the others, and now I feel bad. There is one more that I've been given on the list. And there's me saying I can't remember whose weddings I've been to. <laughs> Were you bridesmaids or maid of honour? Made of honour. Um, anyway. Uh, do you want, do you want me to think. tell you the last one? Tell me. Um, again, I'm, I'm relying here, but it says uh, Chantel Goodright stroke Lovell. Oh, yeah. Pony. Pony. Love pony. That was a good question, that was. That was a very good question. Well, again, so uh, as I've said before, we do like to ask one good question every episode. It doesn't necessarily have to be me that asks it. <laughs> Um, so now we're going to test your knowledge on the Smith-Swindon connection. Um, so can you name a former teammate also with the surname Smith? Well, my team. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could have prepped me on this before. Smith. Yeah, I, I just can. don't think there's been many good Smiths I as good that, as me. They didn't that say good. That's what I'm thinking. They said <laughs> <laughs> Did you say you've got it, Rian? I think so. Does it begin with an S? Yeah. So Sophie. Smith. Sophie, no. Oh. That was one. That was one. Was it? That was one. Oh, dear. She, I don't think she played in the first team. Yes, she did. Do you remember, like, last year when I was coming back, she scored that goal against... Oh, Bournemouth. we're going to end up getting a fact check on this one, aren't oh, no, we, now? Oh, no, that was Sophie Mitchell. Oh, no. There was oh. a Sophie Smith. It does begin with Esther. Um, the name I've been given. Let me... Chantal. Shanice. No, that, that would be a Sarah. <laughs> Simon. <laughs> Simon? <laughs> How many Simon Smiths have played for Swing the Town Women? Susie. Oh. Serena. Oh my Alice. <laughs> yes. Oh my Alice. You were even talking about her the other day. <laughs> I'm right. I love I this quiz already. I'm thinking of the last five years, not ten years ago. So I'd get my ten years brain on. Okay. Uh the next set are a lot easier. Um, which of the following Smiths have played for Swindon? Uh, so basically, player or not player, this is a lot easier. So, Sam Smith. Mm -hmm. Sammy Smith. <laughs> no, oh, no, as in, Sam, as, in, as, in, as in Sam Smith. No. No, correct. <laughs> Tom Smith. No. He did. <laughs> not, he's not memorable. No? Nick Smith. Why are we bringing my dad into this? Really? That's my dad's name. We, we could be related. <laughs> that's that's a big dream. 
Back to dad and say yes. Yes. Oh wow. No. Uh, we've got we had this just come in. Uh, I'll just flash this comment up for you. Alice isn't everyone's favourite anymore. Ask them, Serena. Mike is probably the one to dig me out and send it to both of them. I'm sorry. Uh, the the last one, Tyler Smith. Yes. Yes. Uh, that, although, again, it says used to be a player, but due to his current club, that's debatable. <laughs> um, so now we come to uh, the, the last set of more sort of factual questions. So I'm going to ask you if you know the answers. Um, how, uh, According to the FA, ex uh, this first couple are excluding County Cup. How many goals has Annie Colston scored this season? Oh, God, she was only telling me this yesterday at breakfast. <laughs> I, they were saying she's on track for 30, so maybe... She's on track. And I'll say what, what I think. I thought it was like 21, 22. I would say 23. 25. <gasps> I can just she's imagine good. now, Ali, coming down, getting a cereal and going... 25 goals. <laughs> <laughs> I wish she had cereal, but she didn't. I can't say what she had. To be fair, Dave was giving her a stick yesterday when she came off saying, you've got you've got this many goals, but none today. <laughs> and then Lane scores the penalty when she was on the bench. So she wasn't too happy with that. <laughs> uh, next question is, how many clean sheets has Emily kept this season? Not as many as she wants. No. He's a little angry elf. <laughs> <laughs> How many is she? Two? I'd say three. Six. Ooh. Oh. Go on, Emily. So the next couple of questions are on all fixtures this season. How many goals in total have Swindon Town women scored? Right, so if Annie scored 25, right? <laughs> 26. <laughs> <laughs> Thirty. Oh no! Keep going. I'll let you go again. She's got twenty-five on a row. You must have scored more than five goals between you all. Name the other goal scorers, unless you just guessed. Helena, Meg Attenborough, Emerson. Not so, me. You Not know, you. To, to be fair, own. just to just to remind you, I, I believe you've you've scored ten twice this season. Oh shit! I'd say fifty. <laughs> fifty. Yeah. Do you want to do I have a go, Ryan? Yeah, I'd say sixty-two. Sixty-two is bang on. <laughs> <laughs> sixty-two goals. Who invited you on this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> That's made my night now. <laughs> You can tell I've been stalking Twitter when I haven't been able to make games following it. <laughs> and you can tell I haven't been looking at it because I've been like this. Uh, in how many Swindon Town women's games this year have both teams scored? How many games have we played? I feel like the season's gone on forever. <laughs> Has the season gone on forever or... Or we've just asked you on here too many times. Hmm. Thanks. 
No. <laughs> <laughs> I was counting in my head. Like, you feel me? You actually feel me. <laughs> I don't even. I can't remember the question. Stop getting in my head. In how <laughs> many games? In how many games this season have both teams scored? Twenty. Have we scored and played that many games? Oh, we've had quite a few cut runs. Like 18, 15. I'll say 15 wait, wait. So you've gone 20, 18, 15. Do you want to go any lower or are you sticking around that figure? 20. 20. We are? Oh, she's going to get it right now. Look how she's zooming. It's so competitive. Yeah, 12. 17. Oh. You should have stuck at 50 now, you'd be closer. <laughs> I, I said 18 as well. See, I sort of knew. I was just indecisive. <laughs> uh, so uh, the last the last serious question, but there is one more after. Um, we've been very, very fortunate on Falls Rush in uh, this, this season that a number of Swindon Town women's players have been kind enough to, to take time out of their evenings to appear. So my question is, how many... Um, how many players that have represented Swindon Town women uh, have featured for, or have appeared, sorry, on Fools this season? Well, I can probably count because everyone's bloody camera shy. Me. Me? <laughs> <laughs> me, 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 me. <laughs> me, Rianne, Steph. Are we counting Beth? We're counting Beth. We'll count Beth. Um, Tori? Yeah. Jen? That's six. Who else might have done it? Uh, if it really? helps, if it helps, Mike's guessing nine. Does Mike guess well, Mike's, <laughs> Mike's an avid viewer for one, um, but also <laughs> I, I will I will help. Steph hasn't made it on yet. Well, she hasn't made it on here. No, because no, she got. She got the falls rushing curse. That's why she. We, we don't talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> Every time. No, we try not to as well. Me and Craig were only talking about this off camera. That the only people that hasn't affected Touchwood so far is you and Charlie Austin. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mike saying ten if Woody counts. No, he's never played for Swindon Town women. Come on, Al. What are you going with? Well, I was counting six, but now it must be five, unless I'm going to go five. Yeah? I, I feel like it might be closer to what Mike's saying. It probably um, is. Yeah, you just do your own thing. I'm going nine. Uh, I we work, are you we worked out. More than me? We, <laughs> we worked it out to be ten this year. Who? Uh, so we've had, we've counted. Uh, Alice has been on, Beth, oh, Bryony, yeah. Brian. Alice, Beth, Bryony, Grace, Rianne, Tori, Jen, Mia, and Anna and Charlie. Charlie. Oh, I've all been on Fools Rushing. <laughs> newbies. <laughs> newbies. He, he, Charlie's Says the skipper. He's not Charlie's friend because Charlie got a hoodie. Why can't you ask me a question like how many first team games have you played? Because I know that today. Oh yeah, well, because you I, got told it. So, so are you telling me that that stats about you is your speciality? She's it's saying not. she's saying <laughs> stats don't lie. Okay, <laughs> so so the last question 
is can you tell who wrote 95% of this quiz? But there is some help with this, with one final question. Okay, and this is just for you, Alice. Um, and I've been, told it, I've been told I'm allowed to throw this one out there and said person won't get in trouble. Um, do you remember a development game where you got played up front? The question is, you had 11 shots that game. Do you remember how many went on target into a neighbor's garden, hit a car, and went for a throw in? They must have been desperate if they wanted me up front. <laughs> I would say I probably scored 15 out of the 11. <laughs> I would say I probably got one on target. The rest are wayward. I probably miskicked one. So the official stats I've been given for this particular game is zero on target. At <laughs> least I'm creating the opportunities. You are. Two into the neighbour's garden, three hit the car, and one went out for a throw-in. But with those stats, can you tell who wrote most of this quiz? Well, I'll tell you who didn't write it. Fucking me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I should hope not, because you've got most of the questions wrong. Are It'd be even funnier people? if you sent me this quiz about you and forgot the answers. Maybe we should uh, do that next time. Are they on the panel? Are they on? No, nobody on this panel has, has written this quiz. Well, no, well, I wrote three of the questions. Everything it's else was somebody else. Oh, we're going to be Mike Dixon, Keelan... That's it. Yeah, you, got, you did get it. Mike wrote it. He was very happy to help me with an Alice quiz. <laughs> you should have listened to him when he said nine. <laughs> I thought he was sabotaging me. Um, Next time, just some questions on like, I don't know, something I know I'm going to be good at. I feel like I disappointed myself. <laughs> Well, it, it's fine. Listen, you weren't expected to get the ball. It was it was mainly so we could just get the reactions of you forgetting former teammates' names more than anything. Like really who's, your, whose really weddings have I been to? Your best friend. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the one that got me. To be fair, Bounds, because that was the first name that popped in my head on that question. I was like, pretty I sure she was a key part of that wedding. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's because obviously I've been here for so long. Like, there's been groups in different teams every like every season is like a new group. And like even now, if I'm going out, I'll say like to Craig, oh, I'm off to meet the football girls. He's like the new ones, the old ones. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm I'm still on, I'm on the new timetable. I didn't Mike get, say. I didn't... <laughs> Mike say next I time you want I a quiz on ring. <laughs> I don't even know if I have that many stats compared to Al. Yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> you probably score more goals than me. I think I have. I can hold that up. I know I have scored more than you. You got more than one. You could have put, like, what was your biggest loss? I think it was, like, 12 nil. No, I reckon it was bigger than that. No, when we played, like... <laughs> it, was, it was in the league above. Yeah, when we played Coventry. I remember having Coventry, to text everyone yeah. individually. Yeah, like, well done it. today. <laughs> 
I'll, ta- I'll take a quiz about me. I- I'm sure me and Al will both get them wrong, to be fair. Okay. We can, we- we I'll can sort that up out. on my knowledge. <laughs> we can sort that out. We'll have to do that as a piece now, Fifey. Every time we have one of the players on, we have to do a quiz about <laughs> We have to get Mike to sort out a quiz. Oh, that, yeah, that because you could you could get Mike to do it and you still could do all the research in the world and you still won't know the answer. <laughs> he does or all of our could, quizzes. Or you could get him to tell you in the answers and Alice still choose to ignore him. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe... It's a, maybe it's a feature that we could sort out for. Uh, I mean, we 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 said we were half joking last time, Ralph. But I've I've sort of spoken to Alice since, and I've said we need to make at the end of the season the episode where she hosts it uh, an actual thing. So maybe that's where we we get a whole quiz sorted. And then I'll do my own quiz. <laughs> she, she told me on Tuesday's training that she got offered that. Oh no! It's a it's a genuinely serious offer. We, we will sort like, it out, but one episode, Alice could host it. I feel like she's prepping herself. <laughs> <laughs> Prepare for strobe lighting effects, everyone. Oh <laughs> no. um, uh, listen, I've really enjoyed this. Thank you both very much for, for coming on. Um, congratulations uh, for, for getting back so quickly, Rianne, and, and it's been a pleasure to, to speak to you and, and get to know you tonight. Alice, as, as ever, thank you for... For coming on we, we appreciate your time as ever and and good luck to you both for the rest of the season thank, thank you thank you and uh and we'll saw that easter egg out for you as well don't worry alice thanks so much <laughs> so at least you can do now i've lost all my mates <laughs> <laughs> um thank you very much and we'll, we'll speak to you again soon see you soon thank you thank you bye bye Oh, oh, now we've got now we've got to do the shit part of the episode. Yeah, no, we've got to, that was fun. I enjoyed uh, that. Well, this will only take five minutes. What happens Saturday? We'll just shoot. End of. Yeah, yeah. I, tell, I tell you what, um, Re and Bowds are a good double act. They are. I'll get them both on together. That, that was that was quality. No, I really really enjoyed that. Um, and yes, you're right, Craig. I think we'll we'll definitely get them on again together. Because um, I bet they've got some stories about each other as well. If we were to press them on that, and it wouldn't take a lot of press, it would just be like, right, there's the floor, off you go. Yeah. Um, before we, uh, in fact, there's a uh, there's Michelle, even Michelle, love those ladies, she says, um, and uh, Mike. Fa- thank you again. I have to say, as we do, John and Mike, um, when they send us quizzes, we we really do appreciate the effort they put in for us. But Mike, that quiz about Alice, very yeah. very well done. Uh, Alice will do her own quiz. I might get the answers right, says Mike. It, that, that, that gives me an idea. We could do that for each of the panel as well. Questions what, on Quiz about ourselves? Yeah did, you, yeah. did you say this? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, the Ben one could be fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, before we get into uh, our next topic, uh, which I've delicately called Sloston Town, instead of Swin, it's a pun. For anyone who's uh, it's a bit late, uh, we're delighted to say uh, fixing his Wi-Fi issues. Uh, Wazza's back on the panel. Evening, Wazza. Evening, gents. How are we? Wazza. Very, very well. Thank you. Yourself? Yes, very good. It's good to be back. I've had a crazy couple of weeks with some house issues, but no, it's great to be back on with you boys. 
Good. And what, what a great time to come on when everything's rosy and positive. I was listening backstage and I was I, I was thinking exactly what Woody just said. Now we're going to tone this right down. <laughs> this episode. Yeah, it's going to turn it's, horrible. It's about to turn to shit. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, well, let's hope not. Let's hope even yeah. though it's it's going to be largely negative, we could do it with a smile on our face yeah. and, a, and a bit of lighthearted humour. Um, and just in time... Just in time, it looks like uh, Gary may be set to join us as well. I can see him logging into the lobby, so we'll add him in uh, shortly. Um, Nick, let, let's start with you, because you in the intro, you, you told us how well you took it at 1-all. So uh, <laughs> how well did you take it at 2-1? Uh, I totally lost it by then. It was like uh, my son phoning me up and saying... I was only joking that they'd score again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, well, I'd already bust the uh, dog's toy, so I didn't have anything else to break because the rest of it ended up in the hedge. So, uh, yeah, not not good. But um, no. I, I was looking at I mean, there's nothing else to say about the game. I think there's been so much. Nothing else said. to say. We've only just started. I know, no, but all over <laughs> about the game. But I, I was, I'll, I'll take a different tact. In a lot, a lot of this relates to what we've said over a period of time. Okay. And I was looking at the top three teams: Orient, Northampton, Stevenage. Yep. And I was looking at players they've got, and mm. and the issue we've got with the players that we've signed, and Orient. And I've, I've taken goalkeeper, defender, midfield, stroke, forward. Okay. Three players for Orient, 1,272 appearances. Vigoro, 286. Beckles, 410. Prattley, 576. Northampton, Prattley's got more appearances than our entire first team. He has. He has. Um, <laughs> Northampton, 945. Burns, 233 in goal. Guthrie, 364. Um, Hoskins, 348. Stevenage, Hammond in goal, 125. Uh, uh, Pier, Pier Gianni, 449. And Reeves, 306. Gives 880. I've taken Bryn, FBT. So he's our most experienced defender. Yep. And Williams. Okay. Total, 545 appearances. Wow. And FBT's 232, and 172 of those were non-league. Bryn's 54, and Williams only 259. And I think that sums up where we are and why we're there. It's that total lack of experience that we've been talking about for weeks and months. And it, and it goes back to non-existent transfer windows. So um, as... A number of the panellists have said Stevenage, Northampton and Orient did their business before the start of the season. They've got yeah. players in and uh, it shows that's why they're the top three. And that's why we are where we are. So it's got to be sorted for next season. If it doesn't get sorted, you know, we're, we're, we're going to be no further forward next season. So I just thought it's some interesting stats on... Uh, the experience that you need in League Two to get out of it. Mm -hmm. No, it's uh, whenever anyone can can make a point with the stats, I do find it very interesting to see the the comparables and stuff in that. Um, on the game specifically, 
Uh, Woody, I, I might ask you first if I can. I might be being harsh when I say this, but it's it's how I personally feel. Why can't Swindon Town play for 90 minutes? We're so bad at the end of games, particularly recently. We can only seem to, whatever level we're playing at, whether it's mediocre uh, to borderline decent, we can only seem to do it for 75, 80 minutes, and then it all turns to shit. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I look beyond that. Um, I don't necessarily look at it playing for 90 minutes. I look at the fact that we can't hold on to a lead is the more concerning thing for me. You know, it's yeah. kind of, um, we kind of almost, it almost feels like we've got that, let's go 1-0 up and then not worry about it. it. We're not defending, but we're also not attacking. We're just like 1-0 up. We've kind of, it, it, that's how it feels. Obviously, it's not exactly what's going on. But um, it's a yeah, good point, so, though. It just so happens that, you know, we are conceding a lot of late. Is that fitness? Probably not. But then fitness is mental fitness as well. Uh, you know, as your legs get tired, so does your brain. You make silly decisions and, and things like that. But what I can't understand is we know we're vulnerable at the back. Um, and we've said this time and time again. We know we're vulnerable at the back. So why are we not capitalising going forward um, and, you know, creating more going forward? Um wrapping the game up in the first 45 minutes. I don't I don't recall a game this season where we've wrapped it up in the first 45 minutes. Um you know where where the teams haven't gone down to 10 men or whatever. Yeah. Um you know so I, I think I recall maybe Grimsby possibly is so probably one half time from memory. Was there anyone no there you go it's not even Grimsby. So um yeah so that for me that's my that's my biggest concern. I you know late winners happen all the time. We've you know we've had our period many many years ago where we were that team that could nick a late winner but um but yeah for me that as as btv said there actually um that kind of forgetting i hope he's enjoying his holiday by the way i bet his other ass loving it um <laughs> yeah. but, well can you imagine can you imagine going on holiday with ben and him still putting fools on to listen yeah. to he's like he's probably sat there going are we staying in a caravan yes as long as it's got Wi-Fi and a TV so I can watch Fools on Monday night, <laughs> I'm happy. Um, Sarah's like, yeah, go on then, Ben. Um, it's like taking the kids to the kids' club, isn't it? Um, but, yeah, so that's my concern. Like, I can, by the by, with the late late goals, you know, that's not a good stat. Obviously, that's not a good stat. But, um, oh, Fifey's gone. <laughs> bye, Fifey. Bye, Fifey. <laughs> it's, it's the cat tag, killed him. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so for me, it's not being able to extend and hold on to a lead. Like, we, we can't hold on to a 1-0 lead. We haven't been able to for ages. So why don't we just push for the second, push for the third? If it's a case of um, we're not doing it, why are we not doing it? Is it because the players aren't good enough? Which brings us back around to kind of Nick's point and Craig's point and probably what was I was going to say at some point as well is I think at the end of the day, we're just not good enough. Now that's I, I've kind of succumbed to that, that we're just not good enough. Um, was it? I want to bring the comment from Arch back up because I actually think this is an interesting one. We've actually scored the same amount of goals as Leighton Orient, albeit 17 from four games, but we have let in 20 more, nearly double. That about sums it up, doesn't it? it like, we just defensively, we've been a shambles. Um, and I'll, I'll keep going back to it. it is ever, we had the, the best run we had defensively was when we had a settled centre-back partnership, which was McDonald and Clayton. Um, 
and then injuries happened, which I think was a bit unlucky. It's not you can't control injuries, unfortunately, they do happen. But um, yeah, we're just not good enough defensively. We look weak. We don't. We talk about experience, but I don't think we have enough characters like people. Characters in huge. Yeah. Last ten minutes of games. Roll your sleeves up. Get the result. Get the job done. Like like Nick said earlier, if when, when we go one all on Saturday, that should be then game done. It should. You know what I mean? Yeah. We don't want it to happen, but we should never concede the second. It should never happen. I'm not sure if if you agree on that point specifically. Yes, statistically, we're we're not very good defensively, but it's also the manner of the goals we're conceding. It's it's the the lack of effort from anybody to put in a tackle, and and then you see certain players and they're jogging back, not get not like working hard to get back in position, and it's like. Are you actively trying to screw this up? I, I watched both the goals and the second one. How 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 much longer were we going to back off for? We just oh, no. we would just literally walk the ball in. I don't mind if someone wanted to dive in and miss it. At least show a bit of like you you're trying to win the ball or get a tackle yeah. in or knock him off balance or concede a free kick or do whatever you need to do. But we've let the guy travel. We've just backed off, backed off. I think they just thought, well, he's never going to score from here. Uh, you know, what I mean, we're just thinking we're just backing off, backing off, backing off, and it, it, and he struck it into the corner. Um, yeah, I just can't. I it like Woody said earlier when we go one nil. I this has got a classic feel of even the team though they're just mid table now, and I just don't think there's a real care there. I just I think we go one nil up, we play some decent football, we knock the ball about, we create some chances, but at the end of the day, the result doesn't seem to be really that important because. We're not going to get relegated, but we're not going to get into the playoffs. So I just feel like it's just got that end of season feel already, which is such a shame with eight games to go that we just that we've got nothing to play for. Um, really? But really, they need to. Everyone needs to be looking because I don't understand at the moment why there's some criticism going on for Morris. I just I, I honestly well, do not get it. I, I'll tell you. But I, I can't have it because at the end of the day, there's only so much that guy and any manager can, can control. As soon as those players walk over that white line, that yep. should be their responsibility. Conceding the late goals, what, what does Morris need to do? There's instructions that he'd be given, and I can't have that it's the manager's fault. The players are not strong enough. The characters are not there. And this is not down to Morris. We all know who this is down to. We lose our captain and a vice captain in one window. And I've said this about three or four times now. That is massively concerning when you lose both of them in a window. That never happens at any football club. And then not to replace them is absolutely scandalous. And yep. I I just, it, it, it falls at one door, doesn't it? Who brings the players in? Who has more control on all of this? And I'll let everyone else have a say on stuff like that. But... It is scandalous what's happened at this football club through January that we let it happen, and now we're 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 not going to get any of the rewards because it is awful. I, I agree personally with probably 85-90% of what you said there. For me, I think we're at a point now where it's not his fault. But for the individual game situations at this point, Morris has to take some responsibility. 
He has to take some because he's the manager and he's been there long enough now. We, everyone's been set, everyone's been given him, as I said before, this free pass because of injuries, suspensions, this, that, and the next thing. And most people that I've seen, and, and you might disagree personally, most people said that maybe Lavinia uh, and Wakeling aside, that was our strongest possible team on Saturday. Yeah. So he so if that's his strongest possible team, then he's got no excuse for what happened. And and he has to take as much responsibility as the players. Yes, the players have to manage what's happening on the game, but he has to manage the players. He made two substitutions, I think, which means he A doesn't trust the players on the bench. Um, and B, but also B doesn't have a, a plan himself to to stop these things from happening, in my opinion. Now, I'm not going to slate Jody. As I've said, I've agreed with Woody from time, from time. I think Jody will be will be really good for us, but I think he'll feel let down by the players. Like the players aren't good enough for what he wants to do, in my opinion. But that's down to him then for the remaining few games to put building blocks in place and because they're they're cruising like the 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 phrase that I hate they're on the beach already he needs to sort that attitude out that's down to him he needs to manage that situation and if managing that situation is taking out the players with the attitude problem and giving the likes of I don't know Minton for example put him back in if, if he's gonna if he wants to play and wants to prove himself that's Morris's that's what Morris has to do um, if he doesn't feel he could trust any of these players, the problem is a lot deeper because all the recruitment and the stuff going on in the back, yes, completely agree with you. It's not Sandro's fault we conceded in the 80-something and 90th minute again. that That's not his responsibility. You, you say about the changes, right? So he's brought Adeloy on for Austin, which I think we can all accept Charlie after 70, 80 minutes. A new fresh pair of legs at the top end of the pitch is not a bad thing. And he's brought on a defensive-minded midfielder in Kaji for Williams to replace. I don't see how more trying to stop to concede he could do much more. You look but at is he equally and... trying to win a game? As much as he's trying to stop conceding, is he actually trying to win a game as well? I is think, he trying to affect I the game positively? I think, I think when you're 1-0 up with 15 minutes to go, naturally your mindset will change to try and hold on to the lead to try and score one more. I think that happens a lot. I, I don't see any reason. We had chances in that second half and we could we have we put the we should have put the game to bed and it should yeah. have been done and dusted. Um look, I I just can't have the he, he's got yeah, he'll take a slice and he should because he's the manager and every manager is it will have to take some of this. But this is not his team, this is not his players, and I'll keep battery a battering on because I don't. The recruitment is not right. It's not right, and that's what's killing us this season. You you can give these. You're giving a manager these sort of players, and he could be a, an absolute. He could be Pep Guardiola. Pep couldn't do much more with this group. But you know, what I mean, it's ridiculous. The players are not good enough, and that, and and that's the be all and end all. Um, and like you say, they're cruising through the rest of the season now. So right. It's done. You know what I mean? Get to the end of the season. There's got to be a serious review because this model will not get us out of League Two. I can guarantee you that. You look at the, the teams at the top end of this league, full of experienced pros that yep. don't play this pretty tippy-tappy style of football. They play football in the right areas and they've got a strong back four with people with experience that, that know this league inside out. 
we will not get out of this league with this model that we're in at the moment, in my opinion. Now, I'm not saying for one second this is going to happen. And I will bring the other guys in in a minute because, Gary, I can see you've joined us. Good evening, sir. Um, but I, I, I just want to touch on this point on, on Jody while you've brought this topic up, Wazza. There's two, there's two other bits I want to throw into it. One, if we're giving Morris this pass because it's not his squad, he can't do anything about it, etc., etc. If he's to... And again, I don't think this happens. If he's to lose the remaining eight games... Does he still take no responsibility for that? What's the difference for between losing games now and losing the rest? It's still going to be the same players with his same opinions that he's got on this players. You'd like to think that surely that there's going to be some time where these players are going to think, well, actually, I'm going to have to play for my contract now rather than playing for points. Um, and then this is when they may step up and give it that extra thing. I personally, you, you hear the whispers and... Yeah, you don't. You don't know. He's probably made his mind up on a few players already. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. you can't blame him for that. He's not seeing enough of them in training or enough from them in training to give him an, an opportunity. Um, yeah, I'd, uh, for me now, the season's done. I don't get me wrong. I go to a Swindon game and I want us to win every game. But is it going to really hurt me if we lose the rest of the eight? Not really. I, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? I don't. I, I think we've got to start building for next season now. I, I honestly do. The, the season's done. We're not going nowhere. And these players have got to roll their sleeves up if they want to play for this football club next season. And that goes for all of them. I don't think there's a few there that are clean and have probably have got a deal for next season. But the rest of them could be in, yeah, mm-hmm. they could be out the door. Um, and, and just the other thing on that topic, um, one of the things his predecessor got slated for big time, was basically being a a copy and paste job in post-match interviews. You could basically just rerun the Jody Morris post-match interview for every single game. Um, At what point? Because ultimately you feel lessons get learned at some point. If, if If he's saying the same thing, literally every single game, whether we win or lose. I mean, I, I I can't fathom any manager coming out after losing and thinking it's acceptable to say, I knew we were going to concede there. I knew we were going to lose. That's his job to influence that. If he can see it's coming, he needs to influence that as the manager in, in one way or another. So if if his predecessor got slated for literally saying the same things in every single press mat, uh, post-match, can you understand why some people are asking questions of Jody for doing exactly the same thing? Yeah, when you put it like that, I I, I totally get what you say. Um, I, I for one wasn't a Lindsay Slater. I'd, no, that's correct. You were. Yeah, and with Morris, the problem is, is that you say this, but sometimes he's probably coming in after games, and the same thing has happened in a lot of games. So. What more do you want him to say? It's just repeating what has happened in previous games and that's happened. And I agree the manager then has to try and stop the rot. But with the same players, he hasn't got that confidence and that and that about to do what we need to do. And I just, I, I can't have, I can have some blame at Morris's door, but there's no way that some people are talking about at the moment getting rid and getting gone. I, I can't have none of that. No, no, certainly not. Morris, anyone, anyone that's Morris out is 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 far exceeding 
realism. You've, in just my got to hope, you've just got to hope that the people above are seeing this and thinking this ain't working and that there's something's got to change if we're going to want to get out of this league. Um, and that's all you can hope. And you've got to hope that Clem's thinking, yeah, it, I just can't, I can't have it. I just, he's dead. Uh, on, on this comment from Ben, he says players are not listening to him and doing and or doing what they are doing in training. That tells you that there are bigger problems than the players not being good enough. If he if he doesn't have the respect of the dressing room already, then there are bit, uh, there are much deeper rooted problems. Uh, before I bring you other guys in um, with specific points, does anyone else want to join in on that that bit of Morris discussion? Yeah, I do. I do. Five, yeah, yeah, go on, Craig. I mean, I'm, I'm not Morris out over. I think we've got to be pragmatic about it. He's got still got another two years. So whether we think he should go or not, there's no way the club's going to sack him and pay out um, for, for, for the money. The only way that, and I said this in our group chat, the only way he ends up leaving is for non-footballing reasons because he's not going to resign, is he? And 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 lose out on a on on a payout. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm you know I'm, I'm the same as 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 was a you know. The tools he's been given, they're just, it's, it's not good enough. It's not good enough. But what I am concerned, though, with Morris is, is he out of his depth? Because he's in a diff, he's used to playing and managing the elite, isn't he? Is okay. he the right person to be managing us in League Two? When, you know, we know how close David Artel was to getting the, the, the job. Now, I'm not saying he would have done any better with this group of players, but he might have managed them differently or been a bit more pragmatic. And it's just concerning that, you know, and, and Jody Morris is quite rightly being criticised for some of his decisions and everything. I don't think it's entirely his fault, but I, I just, I'm just concerned about the way he's managing the situation at, at the moment. And, and I'm kind of thinking, is League Two the wrong division for him? You know, we've seen like, you know, players of, Jody Morris's calibre going straight into management at the elite end and doing relatively successfully and, and moving on doing jobs. Maybe for him, League Two just isn't what he's cut out for. Um, you know, I don't think those questions have been, been asked. And and that's not his fault if that is the case. That's down to the recruitment of him in the first place. Yep. You look at the you look at the managers who are in like the top seven at the moment, the majority of them have got promotions under their belt. Richie Wellens, Steve Evans, Paul Simpson, um, Stockport's manager. I've forgotten his name as well. Um, all right, not all of them have. I don't think Northampton's manager has. And um, Bradford's obviously managed by Mark Hughes. So, but but look, those 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 are winners, and 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 they're up there, and they've got that caliber of managing at this level and doing well at this level. And I think that maybe. If we were in League One, it might be a bit better for it might have been a bit more suitable for Jody Morris. Now, I'm not saying I want him out, definitely not. I want him to have a season where he gets his own recruitment in and everything. But I'm just concerned that maybe the club have dropped another bollock here by making the wrong decision because we know that it was so close for David Artel to get that job, and then all of a sudden it was it was Morris was in in the running and. Um, could that have been a, a missed opportunity? For, so, for, so as opposed to as opposed to being Morris out, it's almost and, and forgive me if I'm misinterpreting it. You're almost saying it was the the right decision, but at the wrong time. 
yeah i i yeah yeah that's 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 pretty much where where i'm going with that when it comes to to morris um there's no doubt in his his quality as a coach he's he's got the pedigree there you know the the, the proof is there but for some people it just doesn't work out at, at, in in league 2 and and i am very worried that this might be the case i want to see him like i said get the transfer window in a good pre-season in not like the farce of last season where pre-season was an absolute disgrace it goes i mean we'll go in, in, into it later about how the club's being run in general but it was so amateurish you know, well no actually sorry amateur um say, saying that amateur is a bad thing is not it's, it's more like sunday league football because amateur teams are probably better work, better organised and um, run than, than our team, to be fair, than our club, I mean. Um, it, it was Sunday League football. So ho hopefully he will get a good pre-season in, his own say on recruitment, and then then maybe we can, you know, judge him better. But that that is my concern, that he was, that it might have been the wrong decision at, at the wrong time as, as far as Morris is concerned. Okay. Uh, anyone else jumping in on Morris before I move on to the the, the next part of Hartlepool? Yeah, I, I just coming there, Craig. Those teams you listed, and and again, looking at the top three with with the stats, at the end of the day, it is all down to player recruitment. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't get. But they've got you know, the managers in to do that recruitment. They've got winners. It, 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 and, exactly. Yeah, they and, they, they have. And but on, on, we, behind them. we all know, and we've said it. God knows how many times the mix of our team and the balance isn't there. And and yeah. like was said, we got rid of experienced players. And whether people thought, well, it is probably time for them to go, and that may may have been the case if they wanted to go, fine. But we didn't replace them, and 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 that's been the problem. And, and, and it, you know, it. It, it, as we've said, once the players go over that white line, I think that. Second goal at Hartlepool was just typical of our whole season. Like you said, if he'd have backed off any more, he'd have been in the fucking crowd. You know, <laughs> it, it, and, 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 and it's about that backing off. That's exactly what we did against Rochdale for their third goal. When you saw Clay, and and it's like we're not learning from it. Exactly, what the fuck it, is going on? Yeah, and and, and yes, and it, there is obviously a level of criticism in Morris because he should be sorting that out on the training ground. But I, it, it just seems to me it's a whole mentality thing. We're not strong enough mentally, and and if we're conceding late goals all the time, what's the reason for that? Because we switch off, or I hate to say it, do they care enough? They should well, do. They're, they're, they're professional footballers. They've got a job to do. To and they've, they've got to take some of the responsibility. Yeah, I guess, 100%. And what you're saying about the transfer window with, with the experience we've got rid of, but it wasn't just in January we did that. We did that in the summer. Uh, oh, 100%. I said, I said in the summer, I was so concerned about the amount of experience we lost you did? and who we had coming in to replace it. We lost experience then, and we were probably in negative equity then. And then fucking hell, January happens, and we're, we're near Even enough, worse. You know, in a lot worse. And that's, but that's down to the model. That yeah. is down to this fucking model that where we're coming in and we're becoming a showground for. And, and, and the Low Strangers said, um, uh, Dan Hunt said it um, well on the Low Strangers. When you turn around and say, we're actively developing players to sell them, you're knocking 100 grand off their price anyway. 
before yeah. you've even do, done that. It's fucking hundred grand figure. If, if, if any of our players were worth that much in the first place, is, is arguable. But we, you, we you have the best free players. You know, to best free players worth hundred grand. Yeah, but but you know what I mean, Fifey. If ever we got into that position where we were selling players, clubs like we said, like Dan said, like Peterborough and, and anyone else. They're going to look well. They're they're actively they actively want to sell. You know, apparently we were budgeting for half a million in um in player sales this season. I I don't know whether that was true or not, or if that was just plucked out of the air. But fucking hell, the whole squad's not worth half a million. That's for sure. So 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 yeah. I, and that and and again, it goes back. You know, I'm sorry, I was digressing there. But the experience we killed off a lot of the experience in the summer on by doing things on the fucking cheap. And and then we've done it again in the January transfer window, trying to do things on the cheap. And it's been to our own detriment. And at the end of the, at the, end of the day, unless something changes with the model, it doesn't matter who we've got managing, it will be the same thing again next season. Well, if I, if I can, because I want to link something both Craig and Nick have said and bring Gary in. Uh, but just on that point, Rob has uh, echoed comments made slightly earlier. Evening, chaps. Uh, evening, Rob. Uh, you could have Pep in charge of this slot and wouldn't get a tune out of them. The players aren't good enough and even worse. So they are on the beach now. Impossible job at the moment. Uh, Gary, welcome. How are you, sir? Evening all. I had some technical um, issues and it and a daughter's tooth fall out suddenly this evening. So oh. it's been a bit of a... Well, we've got a visit night. from the Tooth Fairy this evening. Yeah, we have, yeah, at some point. Lovely, lovely. Um, I want to ask you um, about the mentality question. Um, and from two, from two uh, different angles, if I may. Um, the first one, linking into what was, again, if, if you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to the latest episode of Low Strangers. It is a good listen um, with, with Dan on there. Um, he uses the word, he, he was talking about the transfer policy at this point, but he uses the word arrogance almost, uh, and he was going on to describe how, despite knowing what it takes in League Two, we were like, no, we don't need to follow what everyone else is doing. We're going to do it our way and, and et cetera. Let me use the same terminology. Do you think this, this inability, as Woody so, um, so uh, brilliantly highlighted earlier, this inability to hold on to a lead, this inability to play for 90 minutes. It, it, do you think there's a certain arrogance within the playing squad? Do they think they're better and more capable than they actually are? Um, uh, and similarly, if, if we're going on the Morris subject, is, is he arrogant to think that his way of doing things is the only way to get results? And, and that's why he keeps blaming the players, because he doesn't have this. Um, but equally, I put out, a, and I realise I'm a nightmare for using fools rush in for venting my own, preventing my own emotions. I, I do have to get in the habit of swapping Twitter handles when I'm venting. But I put out a tweet that said, um, I have no words, but what's possibly worse is I'm not, is I'm not surprised, I'm not hurt, and I'm not angry. So is it right for, for it, particularly someone like myself, to criticise the players for not putting it in if I'm not as emotionally invested in it by not being surprised and let down when they do this, this sort of shit stuff that they're doing at the end of games. But are we connected to the club this season? Are we connected to any of the players this year? 
Do we wow. really? We're do rocketing we up the. Uh, we're rocketing up the. Um, what was that table that we did so well in? The. Uh, uh, the fan index or something. The fan index. Yeah. yeah. Great. Let's see if we're so high up in well. the next one. Uh, but generally, I I hate this fucking model. I generally hate this book. I generally do. I can't stand it. Why have we got this the Swindon way? It's bollocks. There is no Swindon way. It. Fuck off. No, there isn't. But we've got into this mode. Every chairman that comes in, we must play the Swindon way. We did it under power. The Tottenham young players came in. Some were all right. Most of them were shit. I can't understand why we got these young players in that are too lightweight. They get pushed around. They get bullied off the ball. When we can, we're surprised why we can see late goals and, and lose games. I'm not surprised at all. And, and I can see it coming on the weekends. I can see it coming. You knew we were conceding a goal. You knew it. So could Jody, apparently. But you, it even makes it even worse. You admit to it. <laughs> Change it then. Do something. Stop it. You're the fucking manager. I don't care if you think we're soft. If we're not good enough, but do something. I want to keep fucking losing games to Hartlepool. Away. Shit. Oh, it's a rant. It's just... Go on, you rant away. We love it. This is what we're here for. This is the sort of content people tune into Fools for. Get angry. Why are other clubs able to go out and get proper pros and play proper football in this league and get out? Why have we still got to have young players that come on loan from Chelsea, United, wherever they come from, and generally are too lightweight and get just nothing, offer nothing? And then we rely on the likes of Austin and, and Williams, and then they go off and then we lose because... The youngsters come on, and all the little players come on. I know better. It's just, I just generally cannot stand this model. The swind away. It's just shit. Get rid of it. Go out and buy some proper, decent, bloody cloggers and get us out of this bloody league somehow. And who, who's to say that this is the Swindon way? You know, was. Well, the, I, don't know where we, came, I don't know where that's come from. But, but it's the Lumakari way. We, we, we got back to back promotions off of that, and that wasn't pretty football, was it? It yeah, was well organised. This this come in this this Swindon way come in when it was Cooper in charge and Williams and this when we got the good like this all we're we're still ride trying to ride the crest of that wave where we did get Luongo Burn um, you know what I mean that were decent players we had Jack Stevens Jordan Turnbull you know there's, there's been some decent players no 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 doubt about it but there's also been the likes of Parrot and the, the, and those sort of players that were just. Dire. Yeah, but this is when we had a bit of success with that model that we're still trying to think that we can get success with it now, which I totally agree that we just we're not getting no success with it. But we're still trying to go with that that we thought that was the right thing to do because we were winning games and we were at the top end of the league. And it, yeah, I, I do agree. We're just not getting that talent no more. Whether it's down to contacts because we're in League Two, when you get these Premier League loans things. It drips down the feed. So the Premier League will go, well, we've got some loanies that we're going to send out to the championship that we feel are decent enough. Then it drips down to League One and drips down to League Two. So we're at the bottom of the pecking order, getting whatever's left, just getting the scraps that are left from these clubs. And some of them you'll unearth a bit of a gem and you'll get a decent one. And then the rest of them are absolutely awful. And you know what I mean? And this is the problem with being in League Two. And Craig said it earlier. If you're in League One, the model might work a little bit better because you might get a few more better ones that might help you go to that next level of the championship, but you're not getting any of the good ones in League Two. So we need when, to rip the sheet up and 
and try and get out of this league. But we're not going to get out of this league doing it this way. When's the club going to realise we need to get out of this league? Nothing else matters. I don't care how we do it. I, I, I hate people that go, oh, I couldn't stand Steve Evans. I would take Steve yeah. Evans in this football club, getting us out of this league 100% right now. It's like the club is gaslighting us by saying, well, we're playing this really good, pretty yeah, football. Yeah, good style. Not, not, we pass out from the back. We're, we're not even getting I'm not saying that it is good. I'm not saying that it is good. I don't think it is good, but that's what they try to... And, and some of our fans buy it because they think, oh, I like the football. It's really good, attractive football. It's not. It's Boring. shit. It is shit. It has been shit all season. <laughs> Has anyone, anyone watched the nil-nil against Gillingham? Uh, the against Crew. The Wimbledon you know, game. The fucking draw that's against Wimbledon. Wimbledon. It is absolute shite. Stop saying that it's pretty... <laughs> Football that is good attacking football. It's not. How many games have we failed to score this season? And, and here's, here's, here's the thing: Are anyone going to come in and buy any of our players for profit? Generally, no. no it's it. The so it's only cool. player, the only player that I had in January until he got injured, the only one was Clayton. That was the only one that I thought. Hang on a minute, we might have found someone here, and we could have. But after his injuries come back and he hasn't been the same player, I don't think, you know, I mean, I, I think he's one of those that is struggling. I think he's still picking up niggly injuries and he's struggling to find yeah, his form. Wakeling maybe going on, maybe yeah. somewhere. But yeah, I, I just can't have it. No but one. It all just revolves around to, again, Clayton, a youngster that's come in, that's done all right, played his best football when he had an experienced head next to him. And you... it, 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 and I'll keep going on about it because it is it's got something has got to change. And like Gary said, the model it, it's just not going to work. It, it's not going to get us out of this league. Regardless just... of whether you believe, you know, McDonald makes a difference, Gladwin makes a difference, Andalo after his injury, whether he makes a difference for me. And, and you used the word contacts or connections a couple of minutes ago, was it? The absolute biggest loss, bigger loss than McCurdy, bigger loss than Payne, bigger loss than anyone else, was Chorley. I think Chorley, and it's a different season. Yeah. I, I, I don't think anyone funny. could disagree with that, could they? No. I, I think, think we, we have a completely different season if Chorley's still here. Yeah. Even even if it's you know, and again, this is all we, we you know, it's it's a joke in our in our WhatsApp group because of the context behind it. But but we throw the word speculation about a lot now <laughs> these last few days and weeks. Um, I, I'm speculating here, but whether it's you know Chorley and Lindsay, Chorley and Morris, Chorley and anyone else, I think it's a different season. Um, and, and that's going right back to pre-season. Yeah, good. But, but I, I honestly think, and I'll, I'll put my head out here, if McDonald and Gladwin were still here, we're in the playoffs. And that's how that's how adamant I am about it, because you have lost your leaders in the team, the people that drag the youngsters through, that, that create a standard at the football club that make the youngsters want to get up to that that looks like that's completely gone that's just shattered there's no leader there's no there's no two figures that people would think right we've got to hit those standards we've got to, you know what i mean and that's what's killed us massively killed us and i i, I agree with you on the chorley situation but 
I, the leaders have gone and it, it's, the football inside has just it's killed us. Absolutely killed us. Nick, um, let's let's take a couple of minutes just to, to show our respect for, for our hosts and opposition. Because what they did do is while our players are on the beach, they still had something to fight for. And they fought for it and got what they probably deserved in the end. Yeah, well, any any team who's in that what bottom four five uh, are fighting to stay in the uh, football league. Sim- simple as that. So you know they they can go out there and basically and say, look, we've got everything to lose, whereas us we've got nothing to lose because we ain't going anywhere. We ain't going to get in the playoffs now. We ain't going to go down. So it, it's again, it's that mentality thing. The teams at the bottom, like your Rochdales, your Hartlepools, your Crawleys, they know if they don't put that effort in and get that result, they're, they're saying goodbye. And once you go out of a league, whatever league it is, it's bloody difficult to get back out of it the right way. I mean, we, you know, we come down from League One um, and we're struggling to get back into League One. And, and you can look at that teams you look at the teams that have gone into the national league and how long it takes them to get back out of it like you know Notts County um they're up there at the moment but that's taking them quite a few seasons to get back there so once you do drop out and that's why teams at the bottom in our league are fighting for their lives in in you know they've got players and I'll tell you the big difference and and we talk about experience in players age majority of our players a young, single, probably without a great deal of com- commitments. The majority of players in League Two are older, got kids, mortgages, and they've got to fight to make sure they stay in that league and they get that decent pay packet. And I'll go back to what I said the other week. Reading Danny Wilson's book, he said when he first came into a team, one of the senior players had him by the throat in the dressing room and said, if you don't perform, that affects me. That doesn't help me on the pitch. I've got a mortgage to pay. I've got kids to look after. You bloody battle and you do a job. And, and I think that's the mentality thing. They haven't got a reason to give that 110% and know that if they don't, they're going to be in the shit. And, and to me, that's the, one of the biggest issues. And, and we can all keep on the reasons why it is. We all know the reasons why it is. And, and, you know, to me, that's where we are. And, and I think that's a big issue with having the type of squad that we've ended up with. Um, Woody, just leading on from the first point Nick made there, I did see one tweet, which which really was a, a sobering moment for me, for, for want of a better phrase. Um, and, and Nick was just talking about how difficult it is to, to get back to leagues when you've come out of them, etc. As, as the league table sedans at time of talking... We are 17 points behind third place Stevenage. We're 16 points ahead of 23rd place Hartlepool, which means officially we're closer to non-league than we are to League One. Interesting way to look at it. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, but first of all, oh, to be young and single, how much I would love to have a guy just grab me by the neck and say, pull your fucking act together, son, because I've got a mortgage <laughs> I would love those days back. Um, the um, yeah, so you're you're not that old yet, Woody. We can still tell you to get your act together. No, no I've got a lot of experience though. <laughs> <laughs> um, the um, uh, yeah, so 
the question. I'm not going to, I mean, we're not going to get relegated, let's, let's be totally honest. So I kind of see that as irrelevant. I think, I don't think we're necessarily going to go ahead and lose our remaining eight games, but it's, um, which, you know, arguably we would have to do. And if we do lose them, then to be fair, we deserve to get relegated. Um, but yeah, I mean, the lads, you know, I've not really chipped in. The lads have kind of covered it all really, in my, in my opinion, that, you know, we, we've said all along that the recruitment wasn't right. Um, are the players on the beach already? Potentially, this is where I'm, you know, when we reflect on the Morris comment about what he's saying, our post-match, for me, I don't tend to listen to his post-match, the same reason I didn't listen to Lindsay's, that they haven't had the media training, they haven't had, you know, they are, this is their kind of first cameo, so they will. Jody knows how to talk to the media perfectly well. He's, he's had plenty of exposure during his career to to doing interviews since he's been doing coaching. He's he's but, been a semi regular on talk sport. He knows how to talk. Yeah, but I mean, when you're talking about a team that is not necessarily the team that you want to manage, which he, I think is pretty clear in his interview, he signed so a contract. Why... He wants to manage them. Yeah, but he he signed a he probably signed the contract. He probably was talking to us at the beginning of January and was being told he was going to get a decent load of transfers. Um, he was also told he was getting an assistant manager, which he didn't get for ages. So, um, you know, I kind of, I think the, the proof will be in the pudding in terms of, you know, he's made it very clear now that he wants to, he wants charge of, of signings, you know, in one way or another in the summer. If he gets that charge um, and then he starts shit, I'll hold my hands up and I'll say, fair enough, Jody, sorry, mate, you, you know, you, you're not cut for, for League Two. That doesn't make League Two elite. And I think this is what people... League Two is not its own special division. Yes, okay, you need... You know, it's good to have people, promotion winners and all that kind of stuff, but it's not its own special division. Football is football at the end of the day. But what Jody Morris is trying to do, which is showing his inexperience, is he's trying to play the way he wants to play with players that can't play the way he wants to play. Um, And... But if... And it's difficult. I'm, you know, I'm nowhere near a professional level, but I'm exactly the same. You know, like I, my my teams will always play the way I want them to play, and the results will go the way depending on if the players are good enough. Because I'm not a good, experienced enough coach or manager to be able to coach every single player individually. That's where I rely on recruitment. That's where I rely on things like that. Because if any anybody, even Pep Guardiola, to a certain extent, Pep Guardiola, yes, he's one of the, he is probably the best coach in the world. There's no doubt about that. But let's not let's not forget that he's also probably got the biggest transfer budget in the world. He's also got a very very good squad. He's got a very good whole squad. So this kind of argument of if Jody Morris, it, 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 we're expecting him to improve every single player individually, it just doesn't happen. That doesn't happen in football. Um, there'll be Fair. players that play. Would you say he's improved any player? I don't think you can't improve improve a player over eleven games realistically when when the team were on the decline anyway, um, you know. And I think it's so. What, what has his impact been so far? Well, probably relatively minimal. But what what were we expecting? I I said when we appointed him. You remember? You go back to the episode. I said I think he's a great appointment for the club, but he ain't getting us out of League Two this season. Um, and it brings us back to that model that we were all ta- that you guys were talking about earlier. Um, we know that model's gonna not going to work. It didn't work for Crew for so long, and then all of a sudden they change it a little bit, and then you know I think they got promoted the first season. They pulled away from that model, you know. So I'm not saying I'm against the model. I want us to bring through youth. I want us to do it, but we can't have the whole team full of it. Um, and 
I know there are a lot of people now that are kind of coming out and saying like, um, oh, Sandra, why are we blaming Sandra? We should be blaming Morris. Um, okay, let's blame, let's blame, let's blame Morris. Sandra is not sacking him because Morris has got two two wins and eleven. Hold on a minute, who's to blame now? Sandro again. So, like, regardless of whether you think Jody Morris is good or not, if he's not performing for us, Sandro's still got to make a decision. So this is it. All does boil down to one man and potentially even the man above him. Um, so, it, and and that's that, that is why our season's been shit. Um, there's no no other thing around that. Um, I saw Cozzy's comment on on that that, uh, that come up. But there are there are plenty of player there are plenty of people that have gone into management of, uh, that have been higher up. Admittedly, I can't think of an example at the moment. But there are plenty of players that were fucking brilliant players and then gone into managed sides and weren't that good either. So it's um, Tony Adams. Yeah. Tony Adams, prime example. Oh, Campbell. You know, yeah, um, Tony Adams went into coach Portsmouth and then gave them one of their best, uh, one of their worst defensive records ever. <laughs> you know, it's just kind of so. Gary Neville. I'll, I'll give yeah. I'll give Jody I'll give Jody the time, um, but if uh, and I agree with Cosy there in terms of if he brings a load of shite in and we play shite, then yeah, of course. But I want the club to say Jody has control over his transfers, you know, because at no point was Lindsay had control of his transfers. No point did Garner have control of his transfers. It was all done by Chorley, rightly so, and now Sandro. So um, as Waza said, he's I think it was Waza um, said that he just hasn't got the tools. He hasn't got the tools at the moment. Um, the squad's not good enough. So even if he, you know, I thought in some ways, fair fucks, when he brought Charlie Austin off a few weeks ago, I think it was after about, probably about 55, 60 minutes. And I thought, yeah, do you know what? Fair fucks, because he could actually get somebody, the, the crowd would turn, could turn against him the amount of times he's brought Charlie Austin off. But as was I said, we ain't getting 90 minutes out of him very often this season. And, you know, and at the end of the day, if he's not playing well, that doesn't make him indispensable because he's a club legend. Um, so he is making those big decisions. The problem is he's got nothing on the bench to, to replace it with. You know, I know we could give Adeloy a chance and all this kind of stuff. Yes, I want to give Adeloy a chance, but he isn't good enough. He isn't our Lord and Saviour that's just going to come on and change everything for us. Um, you know, because if he was, he'd be used a lot earlier. Um, so it's, yeah, that's that's what it is at the end of the day. Um, it's just a boring mid-table finish. Mark's favourite saying mid. <laughs> you know, so it's... Uh, and, it, and it's just disappointing because when I think of when I think of last season, and I'm not saying we overachieved, underachieved last season, but when I think of all the shit that went against us last season, um, how arguably well we did, I'm not saying it was brilliant, but you know, considering all the shit we were under and how the players we managed to get through the door and all that, this season should have been a correction season. We should we should have always be aiming to go one place further than what we did last year. I was expecting a minimum of a playoff final. We were told we've got a better transfer budget, a wage budget. We may have a better wage budget, but all we've done is fill the squad with shit. Because if we remember last year, we said that our first 11 was really good, but the backup wasn't very good. This year, we've kind of gone first 11. So last year was first 11, and then the backup was here. Now all we've done is done that. We've yeah. kind of kept kept the backup the same and bought the level of an So where we backfilled with, worse quality so to speak is it's and it's a shame because like nick said the other week players will need to take responsibility of course they do they step over that line they perform but in some ways they're just they're just earning a living as nick said you know they've come in they've been told they're good enough to play for swindon um and that they're, they're obviously not you know can you blame them if somebody told me at 
35 years old can you come play Swindon I'll give um 100 100 give me 100 pound a week and I'll go play for Swindon I'll probably bang in a few goals um in our in our net but the um it's it's yeah it's just ridiculous I just think that there's no point sacking Jody now um I'm totally against that and with Wazza on that there is literally no point sacking him now because what no. are we going to achieve we're going to bring in another manager who's probably going to charge us more because he wants the risk element he wants that saved as Craig said earlier he's got two years on his contract so it'll be expensive to bail him out it would be expensive to bail him out at the end of the season so but that doesn't mean that if he starts shit next season that we don't that, that he doesn't go you know I'm not I'm not eliminating that I didn't want Lindsay to go. I was one of those that wasn't surprised that he went, but I didn't want him to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end of the day, the league, the, the league table, regardless of how much I like JD, the league table is showing that um, Lindsay did a good job. You know, we can't, we cannot deny that we were in and around the playoffs, and now we're not. And in fact, now we're singing twelve points behind the playoffs or whatever. So, um, yeah, but yeah, so it, it points in one direction. Clement Sandro have a lot to answer for. But it's, Nothing it's like, else. It's worth also, uh, it's worth giving just a little bit of credit to Lindsay because if form guy continues the way it is, it looks like he might save two clubs from relegation this season, which was a tweet I saw that made me chuckle the other but day it's, as it's, well. But it's interesting what Woody said about like last season. It's like everything that we did right last season, recruitment-wise and everything else, it's like we've looked at that and thought, let's do the complete opposite of that this season. You know, that's 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 pretty much how it's come across. We didn't go up last season. year, so let's change it completely. Let's let's just change it completely. Totally gut the team that perform that. And, and I, I was with you. Fight. You know how I feel about last season. It was a missed opportunity, but they did well. You know, they did well considering where we were at the beginning of the season to to, to get to that point. I still think it was a missed opportunity, like like yourself. But it was like any everything that was positive about that. We've turned around and thought, yeah, let's do the complete opposite this season. And I just I just can't get my fucking head around it. We've got backwards. Yeah. There is. Can, can I just say, just one point, uh, you talked about Lindsay we, we, was doing okay in what he would have done. But let's not forget, um, he still had Gladwin, McDonald and Reed yes. available to him. And, and you could, didn't you have could, Austin, though. Didn't have Austin. Yeah, but what's, if we had, well, we're not playing to Austin's strengths again because we haven't got the players to do it. But but we've we've all said we've said it earlier tonight that we lost that, that level of experience from the side and didn't replace him. And Lindsay had those players available for him. And and it, and it's also actually that's a very good point, Nick, because I think what was I listening to? Oh, it might have been Swindon fans' favourite lower league look. It might have been that, because I think Liam called Ben out for this yesterday. Um, because he went through, he said, over the course of the season, who have who have been our five most experienced players, I think it was. And Ben went through them and he said, Gladwin, McDonald, obviously Austin, etc. And Liam went through and he said, so Swindon are crying out, and Swindon fans in particular are crying out for this experience, yet for the most part, you know, we've had people. We have people openly saying Glad- Gladwin shouldn't be part of this team anymore. Iandolo shouldn't be part of this team anymore. McDonald no, shouldn't be part of this team anymore. Reed shouldn't be part of this team anymore. So Swindon fans are crying out for experience, but all the experienced players they were saying shouldn't be part of the team. You, you don't Swindon, really, Swindon fans just can't decide what they want. You, you don't realise how valuable they are until they've gone. 
And that's the problem. And I'm, totally, and I'm totally with you, Fifey, there, that our fans have probably not... I'm not saying push the club into this because the club make their own decisions, but how many fans did we know that didn't like McDonald, didn't yeah. like Gladwin... Yep. Weren't really not a big fan. Not that Ellis is one of our experience, but has been at the club a long time. A lot of people started turning on Ellis for performances, saying that he's not been good enough. And you don't realise how an important how important they are to the team until these lads are not in the team no more. Um, and and I think that's what's massively we've gone down this route that oh we've got to get rid of McDonald because he can't pass a football, but the lad could bloody defend. Let's put it that way. He can head a ball. And we've also got. I also think as well, if Lindsay doesn't go, Gladwin doesn't go. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I guarantee that. Lindsay doesn't go, Gladwin doesn't go. Yeah, but it's it's yeah, but fans wanted them to go, but they wanted them replaced. That's the thing. Yeah. They weren't just saying let's exactly. get rid of these players and, and not replace them with with people. Let's not retrospectively look at look back and, and reminisce as if they were brilliant. You know, Gladwin wasn't brilliant. Reed but would have made poor. a significant difference if he stayed. Read yeah. well. We don't know that, do we? I, I don't know. I, you know, if you know, I personally still feel he was one of our better players for the first half. Of the season. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I'd argue that, but Reed, Reed, Reed was poor. McDonald, Reed, Reed was, I'll give you. Reed, I'll give McDonald you. was average. You know, this this whole thing about that he made mistakes, but then he made up for them. Well, you shouldn't be making the mistakes in the first fucking place. That's the way I see it. But, but is he better than but what we, we got did? Now? But we did miss that experience, but. Fans weren't saying get rid of them and bring in inexperienced players. They wanted people who were better than those players, who were average at best this season, and 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 they wanted players with experience. I, I, I think. Uh, sorry, was. Um, I think you've got to take a big pinch of salt in uh, what fans say because there will be as many fans would say um, Gladwin, for instance, is absolute crap. And there'd be as many fans say he's he's a good player and he he's decent. I had many an I'm argument with my son. He he didn't rate Gladwin. I did. I did. And, and you could go through every player you've talked about that's gone. In you know McDonald, you'll have as many people saying he you know he wasn't good enough. It's to players people say even on this panel we disagree on whether a player is is decent or not. So f forget what fans say. It's the club that run it. It's the people running the club. They're the ones that are making the decisions, not the fans. And if the, if the club let a few fans influence them, well, we are in big trouble, aren't we? Simple <laughs> as that. And also, and also, it's it, and, and I said this last last week. It's the delay in the management appointment because Gladwin left what two weeks before? No, a week before the transfer window closed. Wasn't it? Yeah, less than a week. You know, why has that come out in the last week and we haven't recorded? There's no way that that's just been a sudden. Gladwin's going to go that way, you know. Allegedly, Gladwin was told he was going. Um, you know, alleged he was told earlier on in January that he was going. They didn't want to renew his contract, especially after Lindsay left. So why weren't we on it? Why weren't we replacing? We knew Reed was going to go. I think even the fans knew Reed was going to go come about yeah. November time when he just was never playing. Um, we, you know, McDonald. Obviously, there's there's separate a separate issue there potentially but it's you know unproven obviously but it's kind of we all knew these players were going the, the guys at the top knew these players were going and that's the biggest problem and i guarantee it'll be said at some point it will be a slip of the tongue sandra will be asked or maybe even clem will be asked why was there a, why did we not sign to replace or why did we not replace to sign 
Um, they'll say the manager appointment took too long in January. They'll probably take some responsibility of that, but they won't care. Um, and they'll say we did, we just didn't, we didn't replace what we what we needed to sign. And it's um, yeah, just a couple uh, of points on the the manager side of it with the delay. I I think from what we hear is what we you know I mean Artel was massively favoured for the job, wasn't he? Everyone thought it was going to be Artel. I don't think the club approached Morris. I think Morris made himself available. I, I think the club thought that Morris was out of reach. I don't think they thought that they would have any chance of getting Morris through the door, whether that's down to his pedigree, where he was at, whether he was in a job or, you know what I mean? So it was that, only that when makes Morris... sense because he wasn't even in the running, was he? He yeah, just appeared he out of no, nowhere. He just appeared so... out of nowhere. So he's obviously talked to someone at the football club and gone, look, no, I fancy this. This is a bit of me. And you can't blame the club for going, you know what, if we feel that Morris is a better step than what our towel would have been, then that's the reason. But all you would want is a bit of clarity. Now, I totally get Morris coming in, and the first thing he's saying is that we're around the playoffs and he's going to go, I want to get us in the playoffs. That's not a problem with that. But we didn't replace, which we've all just said and we've all gone through. And I've kind of like, you just, as fans, you don't want to hear it. But I, I think behind the scenes, they're secretly just thinking to themselves, we're going to have to write this one off. We're going to, and, and hopefully the whispers that you hear and what Morris is saying that he is going to get more control. We all agree that we don't think Sandro's up to the job. Morris is going to get more control in what he wants to build. And that will be the big, the big thing about it. And we can judge it then early part of the new season. He was never going to come in and say, oh, I'm not going to get us into the playoffs, was he? But in his head, when he's come in and seen the players for the first two weeks, he would have known they're not up to it. And he would have known that they're not good enough. You know what I mean? And whether he thought he could have turned it around or not. And I respect the club. A few weeks ago, we probably had an opportunity to sign Mariapa. But what was he going to do three weeks ago at the age of 36 for us? And a lot of people moaning a few weeks ago going, oh, he's gone up to Salford now. But the club would have chucked him a hat full of wages. And would it have made a difference to our season? Would it heck? You know what I mean? So I think this is... No, I just... I I couldn't have had it. I, I like an experienced head. Everyone knows. But... I, I, I think it was too far gone. I just you're relying on a free agent to come in and hit the ground running straight away at that age. I just I couldn't have it. Okay. So look, let's give the club. I it, it, we we hate to say it. I hate a dead season, but it is that, and we're going to have to build for next year. There the is got to look at themselves, haven't they? The yeah. club have got to look at themselves from top to bottom. This 100%. isn't about just the players. This isn't about. Morris, it isn't about Sandro. This is about Clem and, and above and everyone else from top to bottom going, yeah. we need to get this right next season. We've copped this season up again. Yeah. Um, there is one positive, Gary, that I, I because as is often the way, particularly after a, a, another bad result, the, these things can be quite negative. There is one positive I want to throw at you. But, but just before I do that, and I fully expect everybody now to say yes if I take a quick straw poll. Um, there is a lot of talk online about the magical eight points uh, to uh, surpass our worst, I believe, our worst ever football league season. Uh, we need eight points from the remaining nine games, eight, nine games. Um, do you guys believe that... Have you seen enough? And um, when you look at the fixtures we've got left, will we get eight or more points? Gary, I'll start with you. You'd like to think so. I can't remember who we've got left now. I mean, 
Well, oh. we know Mansfield are on the list. Bradford are on the list. Tramway well, are on the list. They're potentially two or three defeats. <laughs> uh, Crawley, of course, are on the list. Well, I mean, you'd like to think we could beat Crawley, <laughs> at least. But, I mean, oof, that's another five points then still. Um, ugh. Ugh, you're know. not sounding too convinced that we're going to get them. Oh, I, I don't know. Yes, I'll uh, say yes. Yes, okay. Uh, Craig, will we get at least the eight points between now and the end of the season? Sorry, I had to change because my laptop was dying. What, what, what was the... What, what was so, it? So, eight points. Uh, so, eight points. Uh, as long as we get a minimum eight points, we surpass our worst ever Football League finish. Uh, so, can you see us, on current form, getting those eight points between now and the end of the season? Not on current form, but I'm, I'm not like it, it could go. It's probably 50 50. I'm going to cop out, I'm afraid, mate. I, I yeah, I'd, I'd say it's a 50 50 chance. Okay. Uh, was it any team that we play for the rest of the season that's got something to play for? We won't get anything from them. I can't, see us, any, I can't see us, I can't see us getting anything from Mansfield. Tramier have got a new manager coming in the door, they'll get a bounce. Barrow are still in for the playoffs. Bradford, no chance. Wimbledon, Wimbledon and Crew are probably the only games that I can see us having any chance of picking any points up from, you know, I mean, or on the win aspect side of it. Yeah, we might get a point of something like that at, in one of those games that I mentioned that I didn't think we had a chance. But I find for you, I, 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 whether the, whether they really care to say whether it's going to be a better, you know, I mean, whether they're bothered about getting these eight points is the, is the next thing for me. But I reckon we'll probably just scrape it. I think we'll get a couple of wins. I think the Crawley factor at the end of the season will add a bit of a spice to the last game of the season. I think a lot of people at the football club, Lindsay will want to get one over. And I think maybe it will create a bit of an atmosphere to that game, whether they're still fighting for their lives or not. I reckon we'll just get there. But it'll only be a couple of the games that I think we'll pick something up from. Okay, Nick? Yeah, I've been just going through exactly what was and said there. We've, we've got Mansfield. Can we see us getting anything out of that? No. Uh, Tranmere might might get a draw out of that. Barrow, Brad. The one I, I, I don't care what we do now. As long as, and the one team I want to beat in beat well is Bradford. Absolutely Bradford and Crawley. If we just get those six points, I'll be happy. I don't give a crap anymore what we do in the other games. Whether we got lowest points ever, it doesn't matter. It, 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 it doesn't matter whatsoever. Uh, oh, and the other game, Wimbledon, because I'm going to that, and that's costing me bloody ticket, train tickets, food, etc. So that's the three games. We win those three games, and I, I can finish the season happy. And if we only have to win one, if we beat Bradford, I'll finish the season happy. Simple as that. <laughs> you know where that's Woody. coming from. Woody? Uh, I don't know what you're on about, lads. We're getting 24 points out of the next eight games. So I uh, <laughs> think you need to be a bit more positive, boys. Um, I think we'll get the eight. Uh, I don't really care, same as was, to be totally honest. Like, it's, it is what it is. I mean, it's our lowest league position ever, but the league's changed so many times in terms of how it's structured, how it's set up, the teams that are in it, I don't really care. The, 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 big, 
only factor I care about is we're still in League Two. I don't, you know, I couldn't give a shit if we finished just outside relegation. We're still in League Two. Um, so, yeah, it doesn't bother me. Um, I, I'm not going to say I necessarily finished the season happy, but I'm not far away from Nick on that aspect. Obviously, I'd like to beat some of the big boys. It almost feels like now, and I hate being that team, but it almost feels like now I want us to become a little bit of a decider <laughs> um, in terms like, you know, making that different Bradford need to beat us to guarantee playoffs or something like that. Just to yeah. just to add something to the game would be quite nice. I mean, I'm, I'm like, was or I'll go to a game and still want Swindon to win, obviously, but um, it would just be quite nice to go to a game where teams have got something to play for. So at least we know then that one team's going to play good football um, <laughs> and actually put on a bit of a game. So but I do think we'll get the eight points, but probably we'll only get eight. Um, but yeah, it's, I don't know where they're going to come from. They'll probably come against like Stevenage, um, Mansfield, and Bradford. Is probably where they come against because that's the that's the Swindon way. Just send okay. it to one Craig up. Gary, I mentioned that there is one positive, and and I've I've probably been more guilty than than just about anybody else on this panel this season of giving players stick and and calling them out for lacklustre performances. But what I would say is over the last couple of games, and it is only the last couple of games, Hepburn Murphy does look like he is, that there is something that there is definitely a player there. Oh, I think 100%. And I think the low strangers touched this earlier on, didn't they? They were talking about Hepburn Murphy and saying, there's a player we've got to sign for next season. Yeah, He's got a bit of a bit, bit of pace about him. Clearly got a shot on him. Yeah, sign him up for next season. Let's see what he can get fit and get get going. Why not? Let's be honest, we're not building a whole new squad next season, are we? Some of these players are going to be sticking around, potentially. Mm-hmm. You know, We're not going to be having a massive clear out, but you've got to look at the options of, of who we can keep on, and, and I would definitely put Hepburn Murphy as one that I'd like to stay. Yeah, no, 100%. 100%. Um, does anyone have anything they want to add from Hartlepool before we move on? It was shit. <laughs> can, I, can I just say, say, Fifey, this this was brought up by by the low strangers about you know about how our re- recruitment was hamstrung. We do come by... up with our own content as well. We don't just listen to. <laughs> yeah, I, I know, I know. I talk I mean, about we, their stuff. Inevitably, there's a bit of crossover. We'd have ended up talking about this anyway. But one good point that they did did make was that the amount of days that it's taken us to make two managerial appointments yeah, has been I heard this. fifty-two days to make two managerial appointments from when Garner left and from when Lindsay left and before appointing, you know, their replacements and everything. 52 days is, and that's, again, that's part of the problem. You know, what other club does that? Maybe once in a season, but twice in a season. Again, it goes back to how amateurish we are from top to bottom. And I'm sorry for all the good that Clem has done and for all the good that Rob Angus has done with the sponsorships. Yay, brilliant. We've got 100 sponsorships this season. Brilliant. But when it comes to football, these people, they don't know how to run the fucking club from a football point of view. Whether it's Clem, Rob Angus, Zav, whoever the fucking, whoever the people are behind the scenes. They don't know fuck all from the football point of view, and Absolutely. and it's and it showed this season. So they missed Chorley because Chorley was the football man. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. That's that's what I mean. They 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 just don't for all the good and, and they have done good, you know, Clem and Rob. But yeah, yeah, from the football side, they don't. And yeah, the big big biggest difference has been, like you said, Gary, 
um, Chorley. Okay, we have one more main topic we want to talk about, but just before we do, uh, just a, a little sort of note for the diaries, so to speak. Um, it's a bank holiday weekend, uh, this coming weekend, mm -hmm. uh, so we are altering our schedule accordingly. Uh, Friday night, we are going to start at the earlier time of 7pm with a kind of on the whistle match reaction once all the uh, the BBC coverage etc has finished we will be on air uh, a panel of us uh, and we welcome you to join us before you go out for whatever it is uh, Swindon fans do on a Friday night and a bank holiday weekend um, which from what I understand from reading one headline in the advert isn't very much because did I not see some comedian has called, called out Swindon as a, a soulless bumhole of a town because he couldn't sell tickets? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I saw that in the advert, which is class. Um, but yes, we'll be starting at the earlier time of seven on Friday night for a kind of on the whistle match reaction. Uh, and then on uh, Easter Monday for the away game, there is going to be a Fool's Rush watch-along. Uh, the likes of Craig and I, I think Nick's put his name down to be involved again. Friday Night Joe's, I think, put his name down to be involved in this one as well, uh, among a few others. So that will be a fascinating watch on Easter Monday. Um, we will obviously share more details of that on Friday so that everyone knows but just to reiterate 7 p.m for the on the whistle stuff uh, on Friday night and then a watch along on Easter Monday um <laughs> not making plans for Nigel Falls um Craig had an idea for our final topic for this evening which I sent you all uh, some prep to do uh, a little bit of stat work. So I hope you all did your homework in time for this one. Um, and it was, we didn't want to have the discussion until we were on camera so we couldn't influence it. But it was just how much of a contribution do we feel the current squad are making? And Craig kind of had this theory. If we were rating the players out of 10, how you know, where do we all individually see the squad? And I think, Craig, forgive me if I'm if I'm quoting this wrong, you said if the if the average squad was working in and around an eight, that's automatic promotions, in and around a seven, you said was sort of playoffs. If it's below a six, you're really talking relegation form uh, or a relegation squad. Um, so we went through all the kind of main protagonists in the first team squad and we're not going to spend a, a great deal of time going in depth on on the pros and cons of each player but what what we thought would be interesting is to just kind of see where we all individually rate these players um so if i just sort of go through the the squad as, as they were listed and we can all fire a rating out there uh, as it was your brainchild craig I'll, I'll allow you to go first so uh how did you rate brin's contribution um, I gave him seven out of ten, I believe. Um, yeah, you know, he, he was he was solid for the first part of the season. He does seem to have declined slightly in the second part of the season. He's looked a little bit off the pace and he doesn't seem to command his area as well as what we'd like. But yeah, I'd, I'd say seven out of ten and he's saved us in a in a few in a few games as, as 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 well. So yeah, I mean he's he's said himself that he he's looking to challenge the number one spot at Middlesbrough. I don't think he's good enough for that, not by a long shot, but he's definitely a, a very good League Two uh, goalkeeper. 
Uh, Gary? Seven. Was it? Yeah, I agree. Seven. I see you've all gone straight numbers. This is interesting. I went a little bit more decimal point on mine. Woody? Six. Overrated. Yeah, Nick? Nick's on mute. (laughs) Seven! (laughs) (laughs) I I rated Bryn personally a 6.7 for the season. So a seven then. Yeah, yeah. I had to go very particular with, with mine because there were some players who were just marginally better than the others, but they weren't good enough to really get that net. You'll notice all of my virtually all of my players are six point something. And <laughs> because we're very average. Uh, so the next player will go reverse order this time. So Nick, what did you rate Hutton? Six. Woody? Six. Was it? Five. Ooh. Gary? Six. Uh, just just before I go to Craig, why did you ooh the five? Did you not do you think he deserved a bit more than that? I mean you've obviously I nearly got six. Went for five to be fair, because defensively he's shunt. Um but yeah. Yeah. No, you're brought in to be a defender and you can't defend. He yeah, showed yeah. it. Actually, I'm gonna change my five feet. I'm going yeah. fine. <laughs> we weren't supposed to sway. You weren't supposed to sway each other. He showed it on Saturday that he loses his man far too often for me. As much as he's great and putting balls in the box for me, play him as a winger if we're going to do that. Don't play him as a right back because that's what I'm judging him on. And the lad can't defend. I, yeah. If Peterborough come knocking in the summer, bye bye. Take yeah, I'll drive him up there. Oh, don't yeah. you start fucking right, hell. <laughs> Shut up, Ben. <laughs> I, I went. I'm a Steve on Tires fan as well and get a load of advertising. That's what I'll do. <laughs> I went um, six, five feet. And, and I'll tell you why. Like, people are over. Uh, he's so overrated. Pete, fans have been going on, and, oh, he's one of our better players because he's made eight assists. Well, two of those were against Rochdale and they were shit crosses. I think two of them were also against Mansfield. So in a total of six games where he's made assists, he's played arguably well. What about the rest of those games? He he just goes missing. He, he's he's eight not assists and eight times he's lost his man at the back stick. To yeah, yeah, exactly. He is way overrated, and if we get a decent bid for him, let him go because I think Lavinia needs to be given a chance ahead of him because at the moment Hutton's stifling his um, his his chances and I just really think we're, we're better off without him this is, I, I think this is going to be interesting as this goes by because I've just seen comments coming through like this word where it says fuck him off thumbs up agreeing with the comments being said um I gave Hutton a 6.6 uh rating Seven, for, <laughs> fucking Fifey, don't rate it out of ten if you're just going to rate it out of either six or seven. Fifey, I don't know why you was you were surprised about the ratings because I sent you my ratings first, and not one of them was a point six or six point eight or anything like that. Yeah, but my my problem is, and and as I tried to explain, I I think this squad is so average that I could have just given every player a six. But that, right, that kind okay. of defeated the object. So I kind of had to go that extra level to differentiate who was slightly better than somebody else. No, fair dues. So so by my by my metric, Bryn is 0.1 better than Hutton. 
Uh, Walter, let's start with you this time for Lavinia. Six. Hadn't seen enough of him okay. to really give a massive judgment. He's had a couple of good impacts in some games, but yeah, six for me. Nick? So, I was going to say exactly the same. I haven't really seen enough of him, but I'll, I'll give it a six. Uh, Craig? Yeah, six for the same reasons. Gary? Six. There's a player in there, but we haven't seen enough yet. Woody? Um, <laughs> I was going to go seven just because I've liked what I've seen. Um, if we're talking about what he's delivered, I'm going to say seven. If we're talking about effectiveness over the season, I'm going to say six because we haven't seen enough of him. For exactly that same reason, I gave him a 6.8. <laughs> See, this is where I needed your decimal thing. Yeah, that's what I'm him... saying. <laughs> <laughs> Because although you're right. you should have explained exactly what yeah. we could well, no, no, to clarify, to fair, are we rating the player based on their performances or based on their effectiveness? It's, it's purely now? our interpretation. Because to be yeah. fair, like I said, this was Craig's idea, and I'm the only one that's done it differently. Look, I, I've got some, I've got some players that are going to be under five. But when you said about the relegation thing, I was like, can I give them that score? But I am. Oh, I have. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, so, so have I. So have I. Was it? Don't worry about that, mate. <laughs> yeah. I've got, uh, I've got a couple of ones in there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Woody, let's come to you next. Uh, actually, no, sorry. I, I can't start with you for this one. We have to start with Wazza for Clayton. I'm always going to be slightly biased. Um, <laughs> up until the injury, he was a nine for me. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to balance it out and I'm going to go... I'm going to go for because it, it can't be. To, I'm going to still give him a seven. I think he's still. Okay. I, I still think there's a player in there. I still think if we keep him, he's a future captain of our football club. I, I like okay. the player. I, I honestly do. I think if you give him an experienced head next to him, he will thrive again next season. And I think he just needs to get this season out of the way. Yeah, um, but seven for me, I think he's a great potential, and we need to keep older players like him. I will try. If you're if you're helping us to to rate these players like Christian is, I will try and flash your ratings up as well, so we can see where we are. Uh, Woody Clayton, uh, six. Gary again. I can only look at the last end of the last part of the season. Okay, Gary. Yeah, I go on seven. Seven. Okay, Nick. Uh, I give him a six. Craig. Yeah, I give him uh, seven. Okay. Uh, I gave him a 6.7. Oh, seven. Yes, <laughs> 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 seven. Uh, Woody, I said you could go first last time, so you could go first this time with Bruit. This was a really hard one because I like what I see, but I can't deny the fact that um, he's, denied, he's conceded a lot of goals still. He's still part of a defence, conceded a lot of goals. So okay. I'm afraid it's a, it would be a five if it was all his fault, but I'm going to go with a six. Okay, Gary? Yeah, I went to six, too. I think, again, Cassidy goals, been in that defence. But I think there is a little bit of a player in there as well. Was there? Yeah, six as well. Nick? I'd, I'd give him a seven on the basis that he's come into a team that have been struggling defensively. And um, like you say, he looks like there's a player in there. So I'd give him the benefit of a seven. Christian's getting involved in the decimal metric. I like it. <laughs> Craig? Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd give him a seven. I don't think that many of the seven. goals... He, 
Yeah, I did. Yeah, I'm not going to be a hypocrite, um, Fifey. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't think many of the goals he's conceded, although he's been part of a team that's conceded a lot of goals. I don't think many of them have been his fault. And I was his, I was so dead against him when he first came in. But yeah, I, I'd, I'd say he's a seven at the moment. Okay, uh, he's got the lowest rating from me of the players so far at six point five. Um, Craig, I've realised the last few you've ended up going last. So I'll let you go first this time. FBT. Uh, I think I went for an eight with with FBT up until he got injured. I, th I think he's been our most consistent player this season. Okay. Uh, let's go. Was the next? Yeah, I'm. I didn't go as high as an eight. I think seven. I was kind of looking. Mm -hmm. Up into the injury, um, but yeah, he's been definitely one of our better players, and yeah, seven. Okay, Woody. Um, my AirPods have died, so hopefully you can hear me. Okay. Um, yeah, we can. I don't rate FBT as highly as a lot of people do, so I'm going to go for a six point five. Nice, <laughs> Gary. Yeah, I went eight. I think he's been one of our best performers, so definitely above everyone else. Okay, Nick. Yeah, I went eight as well, considering he's supposed to be a fullback and played most of the season at centre half, and about the only player that could head a ball. Uh, just to give you an idea of how the rest of this is going to go, he's got my highest rating of the whole squad at exactly seven. <laughs> not one two or nothing. There like is that. not one player. I know he sticks his head on the line. But we criticise Hutton. I think you need to look back at some of the goals we've conceded this yeah, season. Yeah. FBT. Okay. Genuinely, I mean that in the nicest way because I think he's he's all right. He's done a very good job where he plays. But let's. I think you need to have a look at some of the goals we've conceded this season and have a look at his positioning. Have a look at Wakelin sending off and look at FBT's positioning. Nowhere near, nowhere near as shit as Hutton defensively. I, I'm not saying. Sorry, Woody. I can't even. You can't even put him in the same. No, no, no. Uh, he's, you, have a look at how many mistakes he's making, and, and let's not forget. Yes, he is a convert. He did convert to centre back, but he had not not played centre back before. So it wasn't yeah. it wasn't an alien position for him because he played centre back for Burton before as well. Um, but all I'm saying is I'm not I I still I, I think he's good. I think he puts his head where it needs to be. I'm not denying that. I like him because of that. But I think you'll find if you look at a lot of goals we conceded this season, have a look at FBT. Uh, I agree. He's not a fault for goals, but he's definitely been one of our better defenders if we had to pick the best. To be fair, uh, mate, I've been one of our better defenders. <laughs> so, <laughs> Gary, let's start with you this time. Uh, Tomlinson. Six. Just don't see enough of him. He's going to stay fit. Lone. Mm. Uh, Nick? Yeah, I've gone six as well. Uh, Woody? Six. Craig? Yeah, six. Not seen enough. Uh, and Wazza? I went a great lower. I went five. I just, I, I, I've seen more of Lavinia than I have Tomlinson. So I was kind of like, uh, I can't deny that there's a player there. Are we going to see him next season? Maybe not. I don't know. So yeah, for me, five. Uh, I've gone six point five for Tomlinson. Uh, Nick, do you want to give us a rating for Minton? I've gone a seven for him because I think again, when when he's come in, um, to me he's looked decent. Again. Young kid coming into a struggling defence. Um, I think he did everything was asked of him, so I've given him a seven. Okay, Woody? 
Um, it's hard to look beyond a six for me. I agree with Nick's points, but I think it's, yeah, we just haven't seen enough of him. Craig? Was it Minton? Yeah. Uh, yeah, six for me. Gary? Six. And was it? Yeah, six for me. Uh, I've given him a 6.7. Seven. Seven. How, how generous of you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, this one might be interesting. Uh, Nick, Elisiandola. I've given him a five okay. based on the last, I would say, four or five games that I can remember that he played. He, he was absolutely terrible. <clears throat> Okay. So he's right. played some decent games probably earlier in the season, but the latter part of when he was played and still in the side, it, he was getting ratings of two, three. Mm -hmm. he, to me, he was that poor. So I'll give him a five. Okay. Craig? Yeah, I'll give him a five as well. It just hasn't been his season this season. Gary? Six. Uh, Woody? I'm going to be the... Um... Bad guy. I've given him a four. Ooh. Um, oh, we're yeah, going low numbers now. I like him. I like him, but he's just been literally. And I know it's not his fault, as Nick said before, but he's been ineffective this season. When he's come on, wherever we put him, the the Yandelo last season played in different positions and was a lot more effective. Um, and we haven't used him. He's got a four, probably primarily because of how we've used him this season. But unfortunately, I, I've just been a. And then obviously add the injury into that. So effectiveness over the season, unfortunately, I've just not seen anything from him. Okay, Sorry. That's fine. Apart from the Northampton game, it was classic the Northampton game. Was it? Uh, I gave him a five. Uh, I gave him a 5.5. Oh, so. Oh, God. So to everyone else, I should have done this for Ellis actually. Because uh, there's one of our our favourite friends who, who, again, struggles and we'll just refer to him as Ian Dolo. Um, so to the rest of us, the next player on the list is George McEachran, or as he was referred to by said favourite fool's friend last night on Lower League Look, McCreshan. <laughs> uh, I would like to start with Gary for this one, please. Yeah, I went seven. I think there's a player there. Okay. Uh, Craig? I think I had him down as an eight, but when I think about it, he's, he has declined the last few games when we've just been shit, so I'd, I'd, I'd put him down as a seven. Okay. Nick? I'd put him down as an eight. He, he uh, looked to be a decent midfielder we've got. Uh, Woody? Eight. And was it? I went. I just went six. I, I, I think it was easy to. I think, no, honestly, I just. No, no, that's fine, mate. You don't have to ju justify your ratings. It was easy to come in and look a bit good in army field. Do you know what I mean? I, that's I, true. Yeah, that's I, very true. Also, yeah. Lad that had no pressure on him. I uh, look. Don't get me wrong. I totally agree, especially what Gary said. I think there's a player in there. Um, he was I, a free agent after all. Yeah, and it, it's one of those. He's. He knows Jody. I, I hope they can get more out of him and he could be that player. But yeah, I just, I haven't really seen enough for me to give him a full, like, higher rating than a six. I gave him a very solid 6.8. <laughs> <No, sir. laughs> 
Uh, Was it? You can go first this time. Johnny Williams. Oh, I love Johnny Williams. Um, I still think he goes through games and he doesn't have the influence, but when he's on a game and he's in and he influences the game, he's our best player for me. Mm -hmm. Um, So I can't give him lower than a seven. I I think I might get bartered down here by a few to say that he went to think of his negative sides, but I still think he's our best player. Um, So I can't give him lower than a seven. Okay. Nick? <laughs> I've given him a five. I think he's Nick. been terrible. He's been terrible. <laughs> so, since the World Cup, I'll probably give him a three. Prior to that, he was he was decent. So I've averaged it out. A five. Oh, he, spends, he can't tackle. He spends so much time on his ass. He flops over all over the place. Somebody blows on him. Yes, he's a very skillful player, but since the World Cup, He's done nothing, so that's well, the so fact that you've it out. Make the <laughs> uh, Craig, I'd give him a six. He, he'd have been a seven before the World Cup, but he's got again, like um, like Hutton and many other players in this team, he just goes missing in too many games. I'm sorry, he's that's that's the way it goes. Woody, seven. Gary, I like Tony Williams. 6.5. Gary, hey! <laughs> I don't reckon you would have said a 6.5, though. What we, what was your real answer? It was there. It's there. 6.5. No, it was a 6.5. <laughs> yeah, I wrote um, it down. So I actually went with the same mentality as Nick, but not, maybe just not quite as extremist. Um, he, he, If it was before World Cup, he would have been the highest rated player. Uh, but I've had to significantly mark him down post World Cup, so I've given him a six point seven. Yeah, but the whole team's been shit post World Cup, mm. <laughs> and, and that's and that's why only FBT is rated a seven and nobody else. Um, so I, we saw the comment earlier. Who was it that said? Was it AC uh, that couldn't wait? Well, now now the time. Yeah, it was. Uh, so here it is. Uh, Darcy is next on the list. Um, <laughs> Wasser wants to go first. Four. <laughs> what? I, what I, I honestly, I can't. I just don't see what he offers. Okay. Honestly. <laughs> Gary. I, I, five. And that was that was scraping it. Uh, Craig. Four. He, he should have been. He should have been an actor because he does a very good impression of a professional footballer. <laughs> Uh, Nick? Yes, it was... Um, I'd, I'd give it a five. Just You can't give Williams a three and then give Darcy a five, Nick. <laughs> 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 you can't do it, you can't. <laughs> Oh, I love this. <laughs> uh, I'll say you? no more. Five. <laughs> Didn't rate him at Malksham that first time I saw him. Still don't rate him now. It's a free for me. Literally done nothing. Oh, Another an actual freebie given out. Uh, I gave him a five point eight. Ten out of ten for effort, but then I try hard. I'm not a fucking ten yeah. out of ten for quality. <laughs> That's what I was about to say. I, you can't doubt is he, he gets about the pitch. He works up. He's just not enough quality. There's there's no substance. And he's too lightweight. He's too lightweight. Yeah. yeah. Um. Craig, would you like to go first for Kane? Um, five. 
He's just he, he he had a few promise. He, he was promising a little bit the first time, he, first couple of games, but again, he's he's just not. Yeah, I, I don't rate him at all. Five. Uh, Gary, I don't see what he offers really. Was there? I'm a little bit different. I I, I see a player there. I, I see him similar to the like Makeka and Mould. He's not going to get no. I think I said Makeka. He is not. He is not even close. Kane is. Kane is, is when you order um, last season's Louis Reed off of Wish. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> hell. Thank you, Sandro. Um, I, I, I do think the kid has got something. I, I honestly do. Um, I think he's I got something. It's just not professional football ability. Uh, I, he's going to prove you all wrong next year, so I'm going to go for a <laughs> solid six. Um, I've, there's something there about that lad. Okay. I truly hope he does, Wasser. I do Thank you, Craig. Woody? Another player similar to Ellis in some ways has kind of been ruined by not being played correctly, in my opinion, and not being played at all. So the games I've seen, like, I know he's had some bad games, as read on Twitter and stuff, but from the games I've seen, I'll give him a six. Six, can Nick? Yeah, I agree with Wazza on the, on the same basis. I'll give him a five. I think there is a player in there. Um, hopefully with a good pre-season and, and ready to go, we might see something better. But I've, I've kept it fairly low at a five. Um, I've given him the lowest score in the squad of a four. Um, and that's only because I thought it would be disrespectful to give him a three-point something. Uh, <laughs> I, I wanted to, but I've given him I love a your scale, Fifey, where the majority of players have got six and then you drop to three. That, that's, uh, that's, that's really interesting. Yeah. He's a poor player. Very poor player, in how, my opinion. Genuinely, how are you measuring him as poor? On what basis? Because well, his I mean, completion is pretty good. So, yeah. so the thing is, it's, this is all about <laughs> personal interpretation. And, and the thing is, my, my, my vote is more because I'm sat here. It, it means absolutely shit compared to yours, because you lot see a lot more of these players than I do. But from what I've seen and from what I hear, he's, he's just... Whenever I see, he's just poor. He offers nothing. And bear in mind, I'm the guy who was calling out Shade earlier in the season, and Shade has got a significantly higher score than Kane. Let's, let's just throw that one out there. Um, <laughs> and uh, and now I'm I'm being called out. I'm being called out for this now yeah. by Christian. <laughs> uh, let's move swiftly on to Kaji and uh, and Nick. Uh, I might be being generous here, but I've given him a five. Okay. Uh, Craig? Four. I think the best game I saw him in was when he... Hang on, hang on, no. No, you can't call me out for giving Kane a four and you give Kaji a four. No. No, why not? The the best game I saw him in was when he was a makeshift centre-back against... um, Was it against Carlisle, I think? That's the best game I've seen him in and, and he wasn't good in that one. Fifa, you're 3.8s and 7.9s. You've got no right to call anybody out. What's <laughs> <laughs> um, that? Yeah, um, I've, I've, I've said four. I thought there was a bit of a promising player to start with because I thought if Nigel Pearson likes him, that was good enough for me. But I just you've heard a few whispers about him not being great in training, not got the right attitude, the application in there. He'll be going back to Bristol City in the summer. Um, yeah, he's just not, yeah, four for me. Um, who haven't they done? Woody and Gary. Let's go, Gary. 
five, runs around a lot, doesn't do much. Uh, Woody? Four. No, I've seen enough. Uh, I gave him a five. Wow. Uh, no points. No, no point. Exactly five. <laughs> <laughs> exactly five. Um, Nick, do you want to rate Khan, please? Yeah, I mean, he's like probably the rest of the Swindon players. They're so bloody hard to rate from one week to the other. But um, I, I actually gave him a six because uh, I don't really know why, to be honest, now thinking about it. But <laughs> it, I, I must have seen some players of the games. But I've had glasses of wine since then, so I'll give him a six. <laughs> Would he? <laughs> <laughs> a very very generous six very generous yeah. he pisses me off the amount of times he's not actually played um but when he does play he's all right um so mm. very generous six craig i'm gonna go against my own ratings here i'm gonna give him a 6.5 <laughs> Well, what's made you change your mind? No, I, well, I, I think I gave him a seven on the list I, I sent you, but Woody's just reminded me about how much he, he's pissed me off with his, you know, with, with the games <laughs> that he's missed out on, so. Uh, Gary? Six disciplinary issues. Was it? Yeah, uh, my favourite line through this whole segment has been there's a player in there, and there definitely is with Calm. Um, but he's just got a few issues that he needs to iron out. Um, so he's got, yeah, he's a six. <laughs> Christian says, don't know who we are on, so six. <laughs> well, I think I think Christian got Kane and Khan mixed up, didn't he, earlier? So, I think. Christian's, Christian's got a few mixed up, I think. Yeah. 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 Um, I've given Khan, uh, I, I actually wrote down the same here. I put six, very generous. <laughs> That's what I wrote down for this. Um, I, I agree. I think there is there is something there, but he is too much of a liability to rate any higher than bang average. You can tell he's a non-league player who's, who's jumped up yeah. uh, you know, probably a bit too soon at the moment, I think. And I still argue he's never a defensive midfielder. No, oh, exactly. definitely it's not. Not, that's not even an argument. Definitely yeah. not. But we continue to play in there. Um, this one could be interesting. Uh, was a Charlie Austin seven ultimate pro? He's come in and he's done what he people said that he was going to do and score goals. I agree. I said this at the start when he joined. He's not going to be that young lad that busted around the pitch and made you know what I mean made things happen the last time he was here. You've got to give him the service, and when he's got the service, like he did against Rochdale, he scored four goals. The lad is an ultimate professional. He deserves all the credit that he gets. And he's been one of our better players the second half of the season. Seven. Uh, Gary? Eight. But going to be a wasted signing. Without his goals, where would we be? <laughs> I love this comment that's just come in. Uh, probably aim more at me with my decimal point process, to be fair. Uh, do you get a higher score for being injured and not being responsible for the shite on the pitch? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Craig? Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to give him a eulogy like uh, what Wazza just did, but um, I'll give him I'll give him a seven. Okay. Well, you uh, must have agreed then, Craig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> Makes a change, doesn't it, mate? Yeah. Would it? Uh, I'll go with an eight because he's done the job he needs to do. That's what we got him to score goals and he's scoring goals. Okay. Nick? Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd give him a seven, probably through no fault of his own because he hasn't got the service that he needed to score the goals. Like whoever it was said, get the balls into the box and he'll score. But we haven't been doing that. So that's the reason for giving him a seven. Uh, I gave him a 6.9. Um, just because just because FBT, in my opinion, has been our player of the season, I couldn't rate him exactly the same. So 6.9 for Charlie. Um, Nick, you can start us off for this one. A couple more players to go. Jeff Cott. Uh, I've given him a four. Again, again not, not totally his fault. He's been played out of position. He hasn't played a great deal of games. He's been brought on as a sub with five, ten minutes to go. You know, they had a kick of the ball, so four. Okay. Uh, Craig? Five. He, he scored a few goals, I think, was it during October and all? So we, we know he can do a job. But again, like what Nick said, he hasn't he hasn't really been used effectively. And um, that's partly not his fault. But in the games that he has sort of come on or started recently under Morris, he, he just looks awful. So, yeah, five. Would he? The only player that comes onto the pitch and makes our team look significantly weaker. So he gets the <laughs> <laughs> uh, Gary? I gave him a six because he's early form and there's a few goals. But he, Sorry, just, just, just to announce to anyone, it must be midnight because Woody's lights have just gone off on him and he told us last <laughs> time his, light, his lights automatically go off at midnight. <laughs> Sorry, Gary, carry on. Yeah, so I said six. I, he started well, scored a few goals, looked like there was a player there. But six is very fallen. generous. He's fallen uh, off the cliff. Was it? Yeah, I gave him a five, but it was probably could have been a point generous. I just think he just he looked all right. He looked a player for me at the start, but I just think he's totally confidence is shot, and yeah, I just think he's yeah I, yeah. I can't give him more than that. Uh, I also gave him a five rating. Um, let's go, Gary. Uh, Wakeling seven, what a running, got a few goals, sending off his bit pants, but apart from that, um, Nick, I'll give him an eight. Um, for like Gary said, his, his, his work rate is second to none. Um, he's been played out of position quite a lot. Um, he's got. I think the highest number of assists and goals for a, a young player, whatever the age limit was, under 23 or under 21. So, yeah, I, I, I think he deserves a decent score. He's probably been one of our highlights of the uh, season. And that shows Great. how bad we are. <laughs> Great. Yeah, I, I, I gave him a seven. Obviously, his early season form was, was really good, but... A lot of criticism's gone against our defence, but you, you defend from the front, and he does that very well when he's starting. So I, he, he is his he offers us a lot more than just the goals and assists. I think. Okay, was it six? And that's only because of his work rate. I just, yeah, Oof. I, just, I, I think he's fallen Oof. off. It. I think, and I'll give him it because he's a young lad and he deserves. He was put under a lot of pressure when he first came in, started a lot of games. 
And I like the lad. I love his work rate. I love his application. I just, I just don't know if he he gives us enough quality. I just, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, hopefully, he'll just get better and better. But for me, a six. That's a fair um, point, mate. And Woody, you've been championing more than anyone on this podcast. Oh, nine, nine, nine. Get ready 12, for the mate. first nine. <laughs> Woody, did um, you say he he was going to be a player pre-season? You haven't mentioned that before, have you? Welcome game. I said Darcy will be shit. Wakelin will be really good, and look where we are. Um, you kept that quiet. Yeah, yeah. Just to let you know. Um, no, um, I'm not even being biased. Nine for me, best player of the season. Uh, the <laughs> only player, the only player. Every single game, the only player that's been consistent every game, um, or most games. He's played 37 games this season. The only, probably the only player apart from Bryn that's played that amount of games, and he's contributed. He's contributed twelve goals. He's probably contributed more than that when you think of the pass before the pass. Um, his work rate. Oh, don't you start on the pre-assist. His defensive. His defensive <laughs> I'll give you that he consistently. He's runs. a better. He's yeah, a better wing back than he's a better wing back than FBT and than the actual wing backs. Um, oh, yeah. God. So no, I don't give a shit what anybody says. <laughs> Waitman has been our best player this season. Oh. I said it in Malksham, I'll say it now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, at least it's not just me being called out for how I'm rating people. <laughs> that's that's for sure. Um, okay. I... The only the biggest mistake he's made was on Saturday with the alleged red card. Okay. It wasn't that an was alleged the... red card, he that, got an actual the red card. mistake he's made, and it's taken him 37 games to get to that mistake. Nobody else can remember. <laughs> Another mistake that Wakeman's made. I can remember a mistake that nearly every single player has made in that team. Um, so if he didn't get the red card, would he be in a ten for you? Yeah, I'll give, I'll give him, I'll give him a ten. But yeah, um, I gave him what I thought was a, a fair six eight uh, was my was my rating for him, which puts him near the top of uh, of player ratings. Free uh, to go, Craig Hepburn Murphy. Yeah, I think I think everyone can see that he's improved, and um, hopefully the, the the club will take up you know signing for another season. Because if he just clears off at the end of the season, you know we've basically given him his chance and developed him. So for for that reason, and, and there is quality there when he's fit. I'd, I'd give him a seven. <laughs> Gary, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I got six point five. What's that? Um, I just get a horrible feeling with this lad that he's just putting himself in the shop window, and then he's going to just not show any faith and commitment or anything to the football club at all, and he's just going to go in the summer. I, I honestly just think that's what's going to happen. Um, he's blown too hot and cold for me. I'll give him a six because. He does look lively, but yeah, I couldn't give him any more. Nick, I'll give him a seven. He he's got some pace around him. He's starting to score some goals. Um, the only danger that I hope um, the club aren't listening because Craig said we've actually developed a player, and you know <laughs> what happens if we develop a player? It'll be sold. So we're probably but, but Craig and Wazza are probably correct. We'll fucking lose him next season after the work we've done. Yeah. Uh, Woody? Uh, six. Uh, I gave him a 6.7. Uh, 
two to go. Um, and and I'll, I'll start this one off. I haven't started one yet. Um, remember when I rated Kane a four and said that Sade has got a significantly higher rating? Uh, Sade, I've given a 6.2. Uh, so he's 2.2 better than Kane. Uh, Craig? He he has improved, and and but one of my bugbears is oh yeah he's a good impact player off the bench. I want eleven players that can make an impact from minute one. So I'm sorry he, he would have got a four, but because he's slightly improved, I'm I'm going to give him a five. Okay, Gary. I gave him six because he's got a goal in him. But that's about it. That was a push. Nick. Look, he's our only international player we've got in the side. So, you know, he's got to be a high score, for Christ's sake. <laughs> I'll give him a six because he has improved. In, can, in, can, any can, can any of our players qualify for Gibraltar? And then we can put that record to bed. Would he? There was a player at Abingdon United that played for Gibraltar. That tells you that. Tells you that. <laughs> um, yeah. um, I feel harsh in some ways, but come on. Three, two, maybe three to push good games off the bench doesn't do it for me. We started him against Walsall when he was shit. So I'm going to go yeah. to five. I do not believe that unless Wasa comes to my rescue, I'm going to have given Shade the highest rating <laughs> of the entire panel. Uh, Wasa, I was actually going to come to you second until you just went to my 6.2. Hey, I, 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 I like the re I, like you was all saying. <laughs> I can't even I can't see no improvement in this lab at all. I can't see. I just can't. I just, I, I, if I've given Darcy a four, I can't give Shade any higher than that. He is a four. <laughs> oh, oh the, oh the irony that 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 um, of all people, it's Fifey that's giving him the highest rating. Where's Ned? <laughs> oh wow. Um, so we haven't included the likes of Divine and Harry's who who just haven't featured this year, uh, but we do have one player left. Uh, and, I, and I get the feeling I might be getting the biggest score again, probably. Uh, Tommy Adeloy, uh, Woody. You were full of nice things to say about him earlier. What do you want? Oh, Woody. Uh, I think I've only seen him actually play once, and I was really disappointed with him. So, four. No, 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 uh, no, no, no. Actually, no, he has scored 4.1. <laughs> What's that? Yeah, he's not getting no higher than a four. It, I kind of do feel a little bit sorry that we haven't seen enough of him, but there's reasons we haven't seen enough of him because he's not good enough. So it, it, it's a, yeah, it's a four for me. Okay, uh, Nick. Yeah, I've, I've given him a four on the same basis. I mean, sometimes you think there's got to be a player in there, but two managers. Haven't given me any minutes on the pitch, so four. Gary, five point five, and the point five is for the goal. <laughs> Lovely one. That boosts his average, his fools rating up slightly. <laughs> uh, Craig, yeah, I'm, I'm afraid I have to give him a five as well. Okay, uh, I've given him exactly six. 
On what basis is that then, Fifey? Um, so I've given it based on the fact that um, I I think that he gets himself on the odd occasion he's actually allowed on the pitch. Um, he at least gets himself in situations where he can have an effect. Um, he obviously had that absolutely uh, clangor earlier where he should have scored in the season, uh, but at least he was in the position which, let's face it, we've got plenty of other strikers, Jeff Cott, who wouldn't get in that situation. Um, and and probably, do you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll put my hands up. It, there's probably at least half a pity point in there as well. Um, Just half? Really? Really, is there? <laughs> 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 half a point of pity. Oh, half <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is. Just, yeah, and, and did you notice I rated Sade higher than, than I did Adeloy? Yeah, that's even worse. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's it's certainly been, <laughs> got. The, do you get points for playing in the Wiltshire Shield? <laughs> um, I I genuinely think, and, and uh, you know, a couple of people have said it. I, I do think there is a player there. He is just so bereft of confidence. He just needs to bang a few. I I, I liken it to when uh, who was the um, who was the striker that played for Leicester began with A. I keep want to say Akin Fenwer, but it wasn't because that that um, Adi Adi. Akinbai, Adi Akinbai. And and they, I remember one game and the commentators talk about because he hadn't scored for about 12 games. And, and they literally said, that boy just needs a bag of balls and to smash them into the net time and time again for an hour to build his confidence back. And that's what I think he needs, is to just score some goals. Um, and and he could be, a, he could be, to be an fair to him, player. it doesn't help that every time he scores, he's then completely dropped from the squad. The yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, he, must but, be, he must be banging them in in training. He must be really good. <laughs> that bull of bags. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, uh, these, these things. Uh, do you know what? Thanks, Craig, because uh, this was uh, this was an interesting one, just to get people's interpretations. Um, and you made a very good. Uh, you sent me a decent message earlier as well, where there are some of the other regulars on the Fools panel would be interested to know how their rate is compared to ours. So, oh, I tell you what. I'm I'd love to know what Ben's is. Uh, you know, <laughs> Ben's would have been absolutely. Ben would have Ben's average rating probably would have been seven point five, and we'd have been playoffs. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, just, well, on that note, what well, one final point? So I did the maths on mine, and my whole squad averages a six point two seven. Mine was six point three. Six point three for Cray. There you go. I don't know if any of you other guys did the uh, the team no, average. I didn't, I didn't but, do the last. But, but, probably, so so probably to clarify, mine and Craig's are essentially the same if you're rounding it up. 6.27 and 6.3, our averages are pretty much bang on. Although I've, yeah, although I've changed a few of mine, to be fair. So. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. No, that's um, fun. Listen, we, we are well... <laughs> we are well into Tuesday morning now thank you to everyone who stuck with us thank you to the two ladies for joining us at the start of the episode remember we are starting at the earlier time of 7pm on Friday uh, so if you are going to the game be sure to come full of opinion and remember unlike the other outlets that you get straight after a la the BBC we don't mind the odd curse word either 
So if it really does turn to shit, you'll be able to have an outlet for it. Uh, gents, thank you very, very much. I will speak to you all throughout the week and uh, no doubt see most of you on Friday. Uh, but until then, we have been Fools Rush In. Thank you very much for watching or if you're listening to it back, we will see you Friday. Good night. Take my hands. Take my whole life too. But I can't help falling in love.